Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Everybody and welcome to the Mojo Sports. Hello, back. There was a little technical difficulty there at the beginning of the show. Maybe it's the afternoon start. I don't know. But welcome to the Mojo Sports Show. This is Mr. Mojo with a special Sunday afternoon edition draft recap show. And uh, we're going to be going over. I'm going to have PDB and, and Dudu Brown joining me at 5 o'clock. And we're going to go over all the whole draft. We're going to recap each team, make, do our draft grades. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the Jets and the Giants and uh, just going through the whole draft, analyzing the trades. Obviously, you know, maybe we could start with the horrific trade that the Bears made. But, you know, we're going to get into all that shortly. Obviously, that's going to be the majority of the show is going to be football draft today. So, so we'll definitely be talking that, but we're going to also touch on other things. We're going to talk NBA and NHL playoffs, tough, tough loss for the Rangers yesterday. They blew that game. I don't know how they blew it, but we're going to talk about that game as well. Tough tough game to lose, letting them tie with a minute left. They're losing in double overtime. So we're going to get into that. Going to go through the rest of the playoffs and then the NBA playoffs. I'm also going to go through already today the Celtics beat the Washington in the game one, so they were up one game to nothing. And right now, there's a game seven on right now with the Clippers in Utah. So it's a great, a great game seven on right now. And uh, let me check that. I'm going to give you a little quick update on that game right now. So, but we're going to go through the whole, the whole NBA. It's right now. It's 41-32 Utah in the second quarter. So Utah with a nine-point lead on the road in the second quarter. So we're going to go through the NBA as well. And definitely, and we're going to talk some baseball as well. Yankees won the first two games with Baltimore. Today, they are down 4-2. to two. The Mets, and I got a lot to say about the Mets. And, you know, listen, obviously they went into the weekend meeting, having a win this series, and they did. They won the first two games. But the problems, 
are only beginning for the Mets. First of all, they're getting pounded today. It's 15 to 5, but they still won two out of three, so that's fine. The issue here continues to be the Mets team doctors, the Mets management. It is as bad as it gets, okay? And I'm going to get into more of this later on in the show, especially. We're going to take some calls on this. And, you know, it's, it's, it's actually disgraceful what's going on there right now. All right? So here you have, first you have Cespedes with a bad hamstring, taking batting practice the day of the game, swinging, grabbing his hamstring in batting practice with the, the whole of the Met people around him, yet they still put him in the game for some reason on Thursday. Sure enough, he has the double, runs the second, and now he's going to be out definitely a few weeks with a strained hamstring. It's probably closer to pulled than strained. And if that wasn't bad enough, Syndergaard, who missed the start, has forearm tightness. Why the Mets would pitch him? First of all, he turned down an MRI, which you're supposed to make him get an MRI, okay? But knowing this, why would you even pitch him? You sit him out today, let him rest. Sure enough, they pitch him. He left an inning and a third, and now he's strained. They're saying it's a strained lat. Who knows with the Mets doctors tomorrow? This could be Tommy John surgery, for all we know. This is the Mets we're talking about. Their doctors couldn't diagnose a head cold on somebody, okay? This is actually to the point now where it is ridiculous, all right? And they had a nice weekend winning two out of three from Washington, but it's going to be overshadowed now of the fact that you lost your best hitter, and your best pitcher now. They better hope that, that Syndergaard's injury ain't that serious because if it is, they are in a lot of trouble. Not only for the season, they're going to get torn apart by the media and deservedly so for letting him pitch today, which was ridiculous. I was saying it yesterday. We were talking about it, even that roundtable crew. And I said, there's no way he could pitch tomorrow. You cannot let him pitch. And yet they do. They just continue to do stupid thing after stupid thing. It's, it's, I mean, it's all from the top. It's, it's amazing how, how long this lasts. So I'm going to get into it. I had to just vent in the beginning about it. I do want to start off with a shout-out to the Hazlitt Hawks 7U travel team with a big win today, 12 nothing. That had a, over Scotch Plains at Hazlitt, HYL field, great performance. The team was hitting. They were clicking on all cylinders, fielding. The pitching was great. It was just a great all-around game, 12 nothing. It actually became a mercy after four innings of 12 nothing. We didn't even go past four innings. So a dominant performance by the 7U travel team. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to shoot out their names. Obviously, Little Mojo, Anthony, Chase, Braden. Joey, Bear, Louie, Brennan, Alex, Aiden, Connor, who, uh, I'm missing one, who might, uh, Vic, obviously, and then one more, I'm missing somebody, am I missing, oh, that's 12, no, that's 12, so, yeah, I just want to give a complete shout out to the team, they deserve it, great performance today, let's, let's come back and get them next week. Again, we play next week. We travel. We travel to Bridgewater next week, so that's going to be and it's a, a great game on the, a nice uh, road game for us. Plus, we got a game Tuesday night. But I just want to give them a shout out on a, just a, really just a dominant performance today, and they deserve it. Twelve nothing, and uh, so and also 
shout out to my football team as well, my flag football team. We lost a tough game. Well, not really tough today, but we battled. Look, the team we played was really good, a younger team than us too. But we battled. We're getting better every week. So definitely a shout out to the Yoda Cousins as well, and we'll be back. All we need is Jeff Janis back in the lineup, and we're going to take off. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the team. And uh, so now, obviously, we're going to get into some NFL draft stuff, heavy TDD, and I'm going to call it. I'm going to talk about a few things until they all come, until they call in. But so now, actually, for the first 20 minutes, I'm going to start this off. Obviously, right now it's Utah up 46-37, 39 seconds left in the half here in Game Seven in Clippers. So I'll keep you posted how this half ends and what's the score at halftime, but. Utah going on the road and got the lead early. Nice shot by Jamal Crawford just now. Cuts it to seven with 29 seconds left. But Utah is definitely going to go into a locker room with a lead here, so they're looking good, too. Now, another thing I'll get off my chest. The Rangers yesterday. The two-goal lead with four minutes left, you cannot lose this game. You can't. You just can't lose a game like that. When you got a two-goal lead with four minutes left, you have to hold on to the game. There's no way around it, okay? And then to get to, give up a goal with a minute left again, and then they lose a double overtime again. It's just it's a crippling loss, and now we need they have to bounce back, and hopefully they bounce back. But down two nothing now, they put themselves in a hole, and they're gonna have to battle back now. So we'll see what happens there with them. Hopefully they could put it together, and they come home, and they could serve, you know. Hold serve at home and even this series up. But now they got they put themselves in a position where they have to win both these games at home now. They very easily could have won either one of these games in Ottawa, if not both. But at least one they should have won. So it's a frustrating. And, you know, AV is having a rough series behind the bench. And, you know, to me personally, he's being exposed to this in this playoffs, he's just doing bad decisions he's making. The defense is just bad. And the defense is just not playing. There's too much, too many easy shots on net, right in front of the net. There's no, no, Lundqvist is getting, Lundqvist can only do so much. Yeah, he gave up six goals, but you know what? He's getting barraged. He, you can only do so much here, okay? It, it's, the Rangers defense needs to step up. It's the only way they're going to get back in the series. They don't step up this team. It's going to be a quick exit. It's, you know, they'll be, they'll be gone before a blink of an eye if, if that happens. So hopefully for them, they can bounce back a game. Just a bad loss the other night. It's a game you have to win. You can't – up two goals with four minutes left, you just can't lose that game. It, it's too much too much on the line. You have to just, you know, keep three guys back if you have to. You, 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 can't, you can't give up two goals in the last four minutes, and then in the last minute let them tie you. You just can't do it. So, hopefully they're going to bounce back. But right now they're in trouble. They have to win the next two at home. They're in trouble, but Washington's even in more trouble. And here it is again, Washington going face-to-face with the beast that they can't beat. That's Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. And Pittsburgh goes into Washington and wins two straight. But now Washington's got to go on the road. So, they're down 2 nothing. At least the Rangers are coming home. Washington's going on the road. So, Washington's in a lot of trouble. So, we'll see what happens there. Credit is up 2 nothing in the second period on the Blues. That series is 1-1. And the, and the Oilers up 2 nothing on the Ducks 
two games to nothing on the Ducks. Then they play tonight at 7 o'clock. So that'll be interesting as well. We'll see what happens. Can, can Edmonton take full control of the series? We'll see. We'll see tonight about that. Then you have in the NBA playoffs, obviously. Game seven, as I told you, Boston beat Washington today. Washington was actually up 16 early, but then Boston just went nuts in the second half. Corner. So that was the difference of the game right there. And like I said, the Clippers, up, Jazz up seven on the Clippers right now at halftime. So, and then tomorrow you have two series opening, the Raptors at Cavs tomorrow night, and then the Rockets at Spurs. So some good, some good matchups as, as we go forward here in the NBA playoffs. So Rangers need a win. Game three has to, has to, they have to get game three. There's no way around it. Washington's in a must-win as well. So we'll see what happens with those games. Now, I'm going to hit the phone lines. I'm going to have about 15 minutes until Dudu Brown and PDV come on and do NFL draft. So let's hit the phone lines. What's up, Magic Mike? Hey, man, what's going on? What's going on, man? Oh, man, just watch, right now I'm watching the uh, the Atlanta Braves take on Milwaukee. And uh, lately, it seems that it just seems lately that Milwaukee can't hold on to the uh, to their leads. Yeah, well, their bullpen is, is they got a brutal bullpen. Definitely. And uh, last night, Matt Kemp, man, that guy is a monster. Three home runs last night for Kemp. So I lost Magic Mike. He'll have to call back. Um, but yeah, we were just talking about uh, the Braves. You have Matt Kemp hit three home runs yesterday. But uh, yeah, so when he calls back, we'll talk to him. We'll see what he thinks about the Bills draft. And uh, and then, like I said, in a little while, PDV and uh, Dudu Brown calling in to do a little NFL draft recap with me. We're looking at the first round here a little. So obviously, we knew Garrett was the first pitch, pick. The real surprise started at the second pick with the horrible trade by the Bears. But we'll get into that. But we got Magic Mike back now. What's up, Magic Mike? All right. No, I don't know uh, what's going on. You're you're going in and out, and uh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. No, I lost you. You got disconnected. You you. Uh, no, you I was I was listening, and then I didn't hear you. That happened. That happened before for some strange reason. So I don't know if it was your anyway, phone. Anyway, what's going on? So anyway, yeah, so so this morning, so how about this one? This morning, uh, what do you call it? I wake up and I get a message about Doug Whaley, uh, I, I, the GM from uh, the Buffalo Bills. How ironic. Yeah. How ironic do they, do they fire him now after he basically – you know, he he ba- he basically uh, became useless to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, no, well, listen. Once you start losing, that's when you you, you can lose your job. That's just how it goes in sports. You know, when when inconsistency comes and draft. And I heard, you know, 
heard something really crazy that they may not even give offer Watkins a fifth year option. No, let him be a free yeah. agent. That, that's right. I, I heard that today, and you know what I think? I think that's a good idea that they don't do that. I definitely don't. don't I, I definitely don't let a talent. If I was, you don't let you don't let a talent like that leave for nothing. If yeah, I, but he's not going to leave though. Yeah, him. but he's not going to. He's not going to have to. Uh, I was going to say he's not going to have to leave. Um, but the problem, well, yeah, the reason he's a why free agent, do, he might come and offer him more money. Uh, you know. Yeah, but but we could. You're right. We could franchise him. Um, he this week he's I, I believe it's this week, but um, but I was thinking about no, this though. But Mike, sorry, Mike, so then to franchise them would cost them triple the amount it would cost them to pick up the option right now. It makes no sense to do that. Might as well just pick well, up the option. Yeah. Right. Well, the reason but why I wouldn't do that, I'm just, I'm just and I love Watkins. I'm a Sammy Watkins guy. Everybody knows that. But I'm just, I'm just thinking about because of Sammy's injuries and stuff, and I want to see how healthy the guy's going to stay. Um, but yeah, I, I tell you, man. I loved the draft. I, I loved what the Bills did in that draft. I am amazed at what the Bills did in that draft. And, oh, it's just, just today, you know, like I said, today we're going forward. Um, you know, now the Buffalo Bills have two first-round picks. I love it. Next year. Yeah, but well, I love I, it, I though. I, I, I love I it. And that's what you got to build on. you got to build round. on next year. And you know what? Yeah. The Buffalo I thought they Bills made a could've... great trade getting that Mike, let me talk. I, I, I thought they made a great trade getting that first round pick from Kansas City. That was a great trade they made. And uh, you know, and then they still picked up Tradarius White, the corner from LSU with the first rounder, which was a good pick as well. I had him as forget, my third round. Forget corner. that you're forgetting the best pick of the whole thing, bro. Really. Come on, man, say it. I love it. <laughs> what? I said you're forgetting the best pick. Which one? The best pick of the draft is definitely is definitely Zay Jones, baby. Wide receiver. The best pick of the draft, you're calling that? That's right. The Buffalo Bills, best pick of their draft that they picked in the second round when they bumped up to get Zay Jones. That guy is unbelievable. And his uncle, how about his uncle, Jeff Blake? Yeah, well, he has the bloodlines in the family, right? So yeah, that definitely and his helps. That definitely helps out. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. I, I I thought there was better receivers out there when they took him, though. But that's just me. But it's just, I still like his talent. He's a good player. He's a second, third round grade. So to get him in the second round is still good value. And uh, you know, I I I kind of like I kind of like the, the fifth round pick when they got Peterman, the quarterback too. I like that one for them as well. Yeah, and I like that they did that too because, like, that's what I was going to say. They they didn't put their eggs in one basket. This year's this year's uh, quarterback class is not that good. Next year's going to be good though. And next year's a lot better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, next year's going to be uh, going to be good. But how about the Kansas City Chiefs? Picking a quarter, uh, how about that? A quarterback, uh, what do you call? That's amazing. They picked a quarterback this year. The first time they did well, it since 1983. They're looking for their future. They're looking for yeah. their future. They don't think Alex Smith can take them to the next. Oh. They want a guy who can get the ball down the field, especially when you got a weapon like they got now. You need a guy to get him the ball, Tyreek, you know, Hill. So you have to. 
he can't get the ball downfield, Alex Smith. That's completely why they made this move, although I don't agree with it. But it could have been worse because the Bears made even even worse moves. So the Bears yeah, and the Bears fans left them that was up all that. And they got and they got duped because they didn't even have a trade San Francisco. So they got duped. They would have got him at three anyway. They they completely got duped, which was terrible. And, yeah, I, and, and I was going to say the Bears fans were, were the Bears fans were really upset about that. You could see that, um, you know, when when they said that, you could see it. But I, uh, I just uh, how did uh, how do you think Miami did? How do you think Miami did? I like it. I thought they did well. They filled a lot of holes. You know, they got the end. I love Harris. You know, I love their first three picks were all great picks in my mind. Then they got it. I thought in the fifth round when they got out of the guard, that was a big pick too for them because he had a second, third round grade. So, you know, at least a third down, he could have been at least a third round pick and they got him in the fifth. So that, that was definitely a, a good pick for them. So I am really happy with their drift. It, to me, they filled a lot of spots that they needed. Now the question is how many of these guys pan out? We all know nobody knows who's going to pan out and who's not from every team. Mm-hmm. So, it's hard to really – now we just analyze on our own opinion, but really you can't really judge a draft for two, three years, you know, later to right. see how guys pan out. But I do like that. 100%. 100% there, are, there are some guys out there that are busts. And uh, that's just like with the There's Buffalo There's going to be guys Bulls. that were picked in the top ten that turn into busts. We just don't know which yeah. ones they are yet, you know. 100%. I agree. I mean, you know, you look at it, you know, you, you, you look at it down the line and you see how it works out. For your team, but I, I'll tell you though, it it just it just looked to me, it just looked to me that everybody had their their ducks in a row, and to and you know it's another thing too, Sean McDermott, Sean McDermott, very smart man, very smart man. Yes, yeah, no, he is, he is. It's, it's definitely a good move. Let me ask you something now. So, got to be exciting. Your hundred shows coming up here. Very excited, you know. Uh, right. Very excited. Oh yeah, I'm excited because uh, you know when you do when you do this, uh, you know when you do anything with the Entertainment World podcast, you never know when it's going to be your last. So you got to go go on and you got to do the best that you can. And yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to my hundredth show. You know, it's it's uh, it's always interesting. My 99. It's so funny because I was telling somebody. That usually when you watch HBO shows or you watch the season finales, the series finales, the show behind the big show is usually the best and the biggest. And last week I I couldn't I couldn't even catch my breath. I had like eleven callers. I had a boom boom boom, and I had a great co-host uh, last week. And uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited. So what can we expect? What can we expect on this week's show? Well, right this week, as of right now, I have, I have, um, I really have, so far, I have two potential guests. I, I do, I know, uh, I know the man, the myth, the legend, the, the Mr. Bay Ragney, former AKA Chubby Dudley. He's gonna be uh, giving us a call, like, uh, you know, to let us go know what's going on with Totally Driven Radio Entertainment and stuff that he's got going on, and uh, you know, he's been on the show before and. Bay is a great guy. You know Bay. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, I I got a couple of women. I got a couple of women that I got sort of, to use the term, in bed with. 
kind of <laughs> because of my Canadian connection, Bob Johnson. That's another thing. Bob Johnson, big Canada fan. My God, is he is he talking about? Is, was he talking about the uh, all the, the the Canadian teams kicking butt? Um, but yeah, he got me with the Glow Girls. How about that? The Glow Girls, gorgeous. Ladies of wrestling. No, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Oh, there you go. Yep, I had Summer. Uh, I have I had Sunny on last week, uh, and uh, you know, and pretty soon I'm going to have some more women uh, women on. But it's it's uh you know it's 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 pretty cool though to think that that you know all these these great wrestlers are going to be able to call and give my show some kind of attention. And I also want to check in what they're doing as well. I mean. I, I, I love wrestling and uh, any insight that I can get about about my sport or my entertainment, I'm, I'm going to take the shot. And uh, yeah, no, listen, you gotta you, you, you gotta do it. That's good. You got a big hundred show coming up, Magic Mike Pro, Pro Wrestling now and more Wednesday night, the hundred show, milestone show coming up. So definitely uh, give a listen. And uh, before I let you go, what do you think about payback tonight? Any predictions? Oh man, you know what? I I it's so funny. There's so much going around in in sports that I I, I forgot about the pay per view tonight. Payback. Um, I I say I say something goes really screwy in that House of Horrors match. What the heck are we going to expect? Yeah, with Bray Wyatt. Well, Someone's going to be hiding. Someone's going to be hiding in there. And uh, Randy Orton, uh, he better be uh, be careful. And Braun Strowman's probably going to lose tonight. Uh, Roman's probably going to get his payback. Um, so a lot going on tonight. So payback, everybody. Go to the network. Yeah, check that out. Tonight, WWE, payback. And WWE. Then, uh, I'm yeah, sure you'll so, be covering it on Wednesday's show as well. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll be covering it on Wednesday's show. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, I'll be talking. I'll be talking a lot because I didn't, I didn't do anything on last week because we were covering. The, uh, we were covering the Cauliflower Ear Club convention, and that in itself is something to check out. That that you gotta get a, be a part of. Any anybody could be a part of that now. Um, and uh, it's like a three day convention where you can. You, it's like a reunion. It's a family, and uh, you once you, you know once you get in there as a member, you get to experience um, a lot of different stuff that you never thought you would. And uh, you make connections, you make friends. So the Cauliflower Alley Club is a uh, is a great organization. Yeah, no, it is. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to your show. I'm going to call in on Wednesday as well. So yeah, man, Did you see the picture? Hey, did you see the picture of the Honky Tonk Man and Greg the Hammer Valentine? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I seen that. That was a good one. That's a nice. That, that was, was in Staten Island. That was ECPW. I went back. Uh, I went back. Um, I got invited to go by my best friend Magic, and and we went there. And uh, what a great show they put on East Coast Professional Wrestling. Gino Caruso. That's another thing. Gino Caruso is going to be on my show soon too. He's the owner of of ECPW. I'm going to have him on. But uh, and you've been to ECPW shows, so you know what it's like. Yeah, I was just at one a few weeks ago, right here in Jersey, right yeah, by my house. and it was pretty it's, good. It's great. Hey, but, uh, when you, well, I'm going to be listening to your show, so I want to, I want you to ask um, PD and and uh, and Dudu Brown what their thoughts on on uh, what happened in Buffalo, and uh, 
You know, and, it, and it's uh, it's if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you should be happy because I'm very happy. I I, I I'm ecstatic about this. Yeah, no, listen. So we'll see what happens with the Bills going forward. This should definitely, uh, you know, change things up for them, make it exciting. So, wow, the Mets, the Mets are completely getting hammered right now. What's the score here? Yeah.
and uh, I'll, I'll speak to you on Wednesday when I call your show. Yeah, exactly. I I, I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait. Thank you, Anthony, and have a good day, and say hello to the family for me, and uh, say hello to well, Petey and well uh, do. Doodle Brown for me. Will do. Thank you. All right. You got it. Bye-bye. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, Magic Mike, get his pen. We're going to have PDV join us in a second. And, uh, you know, we're going to get this going. The message is completely getting pounded, 23 to 5. They got the catcher pitching. The Yankees came back again now and have tied the game in the ninth, 4-4. So the Yankees continue. They just refuse to lose right now, the Yankees. So that game's going into extra innings now. And Plowecki gets out of the inning. What do you give up that inning? Four or five home runs? I mean, this is just. 23 to 5 is just humiliating. But anyway, so now now we're going to get we're going to slip gears. We're going to get into the NFL draft obviously. A lot happened this weekend, a lot to lot to go over. So I'm going to bring in my man PDV right now. What's going on, Pete? Chopping the power. How you doing? How's it going, man? All right. But another draft in the books, huh? Yeah, it's kind of sad because now it's like, that's like finality. It's like the next thing we're really going to hear about the NFL is, uh, I guess, August. Yeah. Well, not me. I mean, base Mets season's over. So, I mean, for me, my Mets season doesn't start till June once the, the winter sports playoffs are over. So, I'm basically, I, I, don't have a, I don't have a season this year. So, they're done. and then, So, that's it. Yeah, it's really bad, but luckily, luckily, yeah. there's a football draft to distract you from things. So for a little while, anyway. Right. But before we get into like, we'll go through the first round and we'll start going over teams and stuff. What was a couple of big surprises for you in this draft? Obviously, the trade, well, the bad trade, right? Was was uh, as bad as it gets, right? Well, the fact is, the, excuse me. <laughs> The Bears even they sign Glennon and they make a an awful trade for for you know basically a, an average quarterback and uh, I mean that's one if you're Mike Glennon you got to wonder you know what the hell's going on here you know I mean I mean he he he's gets he gets his 19 million guaranteed I mean so I guess that's not a, you know he's happy about that but you know he's still you know still want to earn another contract and it's almost like he's not going to have a chance to. Yeah, well, they said, I think what I was reading was that they can get out of the Glennon contract after one year and not take any major hits. But with that say, they, man, Mike, right? They just take the, so that's, you know, it's, it's not bad for one year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's still making out. And he'll, he'll have a goal probably to a better team next year anyway. So, but, yeah. so, so obviously Garrett, the top pick, we pretty much knew that was going to happen. I know you don't, you aren't a big fan of him being the top pick. I know that. But uh, what do you think of the nine? Play is- Cleveland, though, he, he's got the highest ceiling, so and he comes from a premium position, which is <laughs> pass rusher. So, I mean, listen, if they're going to take it, anybody but Garrett, I guess you know. I mean, I kind of like bar that, but uh, you know, if they would have taken like a quarterback, for for instance, that would have been killing him. Yeah, right yeah. Now. Yeah, I agree. And then would the Niners take Solomon Thomas. You like that one? To me, he's my best. My be- he was my best player in the draft. He was my number one, my number one ranked player. So, 
I mean, to get him to get the, to fleece the Bears, you know, get and all those get extra, him, right? get all those extra picks and still get the play you wanted. I mean, if you're a Forty Nine er fan, you got to be very happy right now. And the trade they got fourth, the the right? They got fourth at the end too, at the end of the round. Yeah. And to make that trade to get Ruben Foster, I mean, Ruben Foster was a a top eight to ten player in this draft. So if it wasn't for his uh, shoulder, you know, concerns. He would have been a top ten pick. So I mean, if you're a Forty Nine er fan, you know it's looking good because you got a, you know the best player, my, at least my best player in the draft, and uh, and uh, you know you basically a guy who's going to look like Patrick Willis while he's out there playing on the field. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's he's a top five, maybe top five to ten talent, and he went twenty seven just because of the off the field flag. But definitely a, a nice, you know, that alone put the nine is. Gives the Niners a, a great draft, and then they continue to do good. But we'll go through all their picks. Then Fournette, Fournette to the Jaguars, and then Corey Davis to the Titans. What, what do you think of those two picks? I thought the Titans reached there. Yeah, I mean, listen, if they like, I mean, listen, I'm not, they're, they're, I don't know what their board looks like. Obviously, he was their number one player on the board. It was, you know, they, they took him. You know, uh, I mean, listen. I'm a big Mike Williams guy, you know. I've been, you know, I've been to- tooting Mike Williams' horn now for about two years, you know. T- you know, and listen, not everybody's going to, you know, there's not really consensus out there, especially when it comes to wide receivers. And you got to figure that, you know, I mean, it is still for one of his team. you got to figure he had a little uh, input in that, too. Now, I wasn't crazy about, I mean, I like the, I, I the Davis pick better than I like the Adore Jackson pick. To me, Adore Jackson. To me, the Dory Jackson was uh, like the fifth, of, my fifth or sixth best rated uh, corner on my uh, in my uh, rankings, and I was never a fan of him. To me, he's more of a, of a guy that gets beat a lot, you know. And to me, this is a big, this is a big draft for Tennessee. They had a chance this year to to really make a step up with a big solid draft, and uh, I, I was a little disappointed. I mean, they, you can't get on him for Corey, Day, Corey Davis, you know. He, Good player, he look, you know. He looks really good. He was a pretty good recruit, also. But you know, you know, yeah, a lot of yeah, people could put to Terrell Owens. So we'll see how that works out. And then a guy I love, I'm first local team, the Jets get Jamal Adams. I love that pick. I mean, it, they got to be thrilled that he fell to them there, right? It's six. Yeah, I mean, other than the Chicago Bears being happy when they they made that trade and took Trubinsky, the second happiest uh, franchise in the in the world were the New York Jets because they were gonna get they were gonna get one of the top five impact players they had on their board. So, I mean, from just fall to them, yeah, I mean, even the Jets could have messed up that pick. Yeah. You know, although I kind of thought they messed up later on some picks, but you know, so. Then Mike Williams to the Chargers, so Rivers gets his weapon. And that, before we get to that, I mean, I, I just love Adam. To me, Adam's one of my top guys on my board. And I, I thought the Jets just played an um, got a great player, a future leader, and a, a, just a great move for the Jets. Now, Mike Williams to your boy, Mike Williams to, to, to the Chargers, gives Rivers another weapon, and McCaffrey to the Panthers, and John Ross to the Bengals, which is take on those three. Well, I mean, to me, uh, I mean, listen, obviously I like the Mike Williams pick. The next two picks were dubious to be best. Uh, me, I had, I had, uh, I had McCaffrey as my, uh, my 
And I had him right up there who was splitting hairs with uh, Kamara. I'm not, and I'm not really that high. I wasn't really that. I, I considered Kamara a third down back. So I had him in the same range as uh, as Kamara. And, and you know, and uh, you know, I was not, and not. I hated the pick. I still hate the pick. I mean, and then, and then, uh, you know, to me, my the best back I had on my board was uh, was Dalvin Cook. But you know, there were concerns with him, so I could understand them while they, you know, why, why they didn't take him. But you know, to reach for this uh, McCaffrey was to me it was a joke. I mean, take. I had a third. I had a third or fourth round grade on him. I mean. Because just because just because he's a you know dynamic you know on special teams, if he wasn't dynamic on special teams, I, I'd probably have a fifth round grade on him. I agree. Yeah, I don't. I didn't like the pick at all for the Panthers. I'm gonna say this: he'll be out of three years. He'll be either out of the league or playing slot wide receiver, which is where he should be playing. He ain't no running back. So yeah, I agree. He's a guy. That, I think he's a guy that would have better better fit on like a team. That dumps the ball off a lot and stuff like that. He's like a Danny Woodhead. He's gonna kind of remind me to be, you know, something like that. What he does, he reminds me of of Tavon Austin and and Reggie Bush. To me, these guys, they they have. To me, Tavon Austin was always. I always considered him a running back. And to me, Reggie Bush, I always thought his best position was wide receiver. I mean, they, you know, they're kind of tweeners, and you know, I, I wouldn't take a Reggie Bush in the first round. I wouldn't take Devon Orson in the first round. I mean, and this is what he, you know, and this is what Carolina gets with the, you know, the eighth overall pick. Yes, I agree. I, I think it's going to be a bust pick, and then Ross to the Bengals. I mean, we know how fast he is, so that's you know a nice compliment to AJ Green for them. And then uh, the thing I, I didn't understand. I, I like Ross. I like Ross. My only concern with Ross is um, he doesn't know all the routes. I mean, he basically, if you watched him in college, everything he always the passes thrown his way were either screen passes or uh, or streaks or streaks or or, or long posts, skinny posts. So I mean, listen, I, I I liked him more than others. I heard that he was slipping out of the first round before the draft, but obviously that was a smoke screen, probably put out there by the Bengals, but uh. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like Ross. I mean, could they have traded down and maybe recouped another pick or so? You know, you know, and, uh, and got him? Maybe. I mean, when you see the three wide receivers going to the top ten, maybe not. Probably not. Yeah. No, I agree. But you know what? They wanted their guy to got him. Plus the Bengals, let's see. I mean, hold on. I was just doing the Bengals draft. Um, let me see. Yeah, Bengals had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. They're twelve picks anyway, so why get cute there and trade down when you already had all these picks, you know? Just get your guy, you know. I agree. I you know, I, I thought it's a little crazy, but you know what? If you're filling needs, you're filling needs, you know what I mean? So then the then the Chiefs make the second trade, you know, another trade similar, giving up a one next year too to get Mahomes as well. Personally, I think Watson's the best quarterback in this draft. That's just my opinion. It's my opinion, too. Watson's the best quarterback in the draft, but he's just a starter. I mean, he's not a franchise quarterback. He's a starter. He's a competent yeah. starter. You know, and so the big is, bump, I don't think there is a franchise quarterback in this draft. Uh, That's the, the thing. Can't just, can't just snap your fingers and say, I need a quarterback, and boom, they you know, and give up all this all this stuff for, for an average quarterback. And, uh, you know. And there he is. That's not the way it works. You know, you, 
These guys come maybe one next year if you're looking for a franchise quarterback. There's two, maybe three, three, and maybe there's a couple other guys who could play themselves into a you know as a comp as like a Matt Ryan type of players. But and the, to me, there's two at least two uh, franchise quarterbacks in next year's drafts. To me, it's silly. Just because you need a quarterback just to, 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 to draft one, you know, just to say you drafted one. Silly. Again, yeah, exactly. And then Lattimore to the Saints, and obviously Watson to the Texans, the next two picks there. The New Orleans Saints had one of uh, Sean Payton's buddies in the in the in their draft room. He's a golfer. Well, I, I forgot what his name is because you know he's a golfer. And uh, what he said was that the the New Orleans Saints were all set to draft Mahomes until that trade happened. Wow. Well, they said right there was a few teams right trying to get Mahomes. Yeah. At that point. And that's, absolutely. That's why uh, and, you know they got a first rumor the Giants, And rumor was Giants were one of those teams. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard the same thing. The Giants were, they probably didn't want to give up a first round. They're probably maybe a second round during the next year's draft. But, uh, yeah, Giants were one of those teams. And then, obviously, Watson, Houston trades up to get Watson. But then then I thought, then, then teams started getting some good, uh, then I started really liking the picks. I mean, the Cardinals getting Reddick, you know, added to the defense. The Eagles getting Barnett, who I think is the best pass rusher in the draft. And then, you know, the Colts getting Hooker, the Ravens getting Humphrey, and then the, then Jonathan Allen falling to the Redskins was, you know, another great pick for the Redskins. To me, value-wise, that's the best first-round draft pick. There may be better players, but value-wise, the two best first-rounders, I think, were Barnett, um, you know, uh, Allen and, uh, and Ruben Fulton. To me, those are the three best value first-rounders. Yeah, I mean, to get Barnett at 14 and then get Allen at 17 for the Redskins. I mean, Eagles, Redskins, and, and Niners, like you said, I mean, they just all did well here. Oh, yeah. And uh, and then, you know, even Hooker, Malik Hooker slipping to the Colts was a good pick for the Colts as well. You know, he's a well, team that needs defense badly. All these teams are very happy to see all these average to below average quarterbacks go in the top twelve. Believe me, they were all doing yeah. jumping jacks when the when these trades happen. And then Tennessee, who with their first pick, obviously we talked about, took Corey Davis. Then they come back and they get a Dory Jackson, the corner from USC, with the 18th pick. So they add to their defense there. And then the Buccaneers obviously select OJ Howard. Now you're looking at Winston with Evans. Deshaun Jackson and O.J. Howard and then Doug Martin. So you're looking at a really good offense now in Tampa, right? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, let's not sleep on Chris Godwin, who they got in the third round, too. I, I really like him for yeah. Penn State. He's going to be a player. And, and then the Broncos take Garrett Bowles. Who, you know, L.A. can pick a guy off the street, and they'll all, everybody on TV will be like, that's a great pick, just because they're all swinging from him. But... Yeah, he was probably the best lineman in the draft, but so we'll see that. Then the Lions took Jared Davis. Do you think? Do you think that was a little too early for Davis, or you think it was a good spot? I think it was a good pick. You know, they, you know, it was a need. You know, with DeAndre Levy, Levy, you know, departing from that team. You know, he's a good player. I think Jared Davis is going to be a really good player. You know, with the needed 
they needed a replacement, and he, you know, he fell to him. So, uh, you know, I think he, I think he went where he should go. So, you know, in that range. So, yeah, you know, it was a good pick. I'm not gonna kill the Lions over it. You know, they, they I think the Lions have had a really good off season with their, you know, their free agent signings and their draft is pretty solid, also. Yeah, I, I thought they had a good draft too. All right, then the three, you know, obviously our team now. For Miami, Charles Harris, I like the pick. I thought that was a good, nice pick right there for them. They needed an end. You know, Wake's 35 years old. You know, they definitely needed to get a good pass rusher. I thought they did well there. What do you think? I mean, listen, I wasn't crazy about Harris, you know, going into the draft before anybody even drafted him. I was looking at the boards, and I was thinking this guy was a little, maybe a little overrated. But you know what? The Dolphins, you know, their they're scouting staff knows what they're doing. They, they do the work on these players, and you know, I'm pretty sure they were pretty. They were really hoping that uh, that Allen would fall to them. But once the Redskins scooped them up, you know, they, they went probably went with the next best guy on their uh, on their on their edge uh, board. So yeah, well, you know, I, I heard they actually tried to trade up for uh, Bar- for Barnett, but they did. They just don't. They were missing picks. They didn't have the ammo to get it done. They were sure. trying to go ahead of the Eagles for Barnett, but they just couldn't get. They didn't have the ammo to get a deal done there. So, but I like Harris. I think it's a good pick for them. But then the Giants take Evan Ingram, who's got a lot of talent, but does it really fit a need? I mean, they needed a tight end, but did they need this type of – he's more of a receiver than a tight end, I think. And that was I, I get I had like a second, middle of a second round grade on him, you know, the – you know, he's kind of one-dimensional. You know, he's a good player. You know, he, you know, he, he, start, he started off his career the first two years as a wide receiver. The last year was his first year as a tight end. So he's still growing into the position. He's not an inline guy who, you know, you can count on the block, you know, but maybe he puts on a couple of pounds, you know, or whatever. I, I wasn't crazy about the pick. and uh, But you know what? You know, um, Giants know what they're doing, and you know I'm sure there's their reasons for taking them. But you know I actually like the Miami the Miami tight end better. You know, and uh, you know I was a little shocked that the Giants went that position, and then you know if they went with that position, they didn't go with a more, you know, with a more, you know, uh, I was not the word dynamic, a more uh, a more balanced balanced player than to go for the one dimensional guy. But you know what? I guess they're trying to load up, you know, with, uh, you know, it's being Corky's last, probably Corky's last contract. Trying to load well, up the Super Bowl, so we'll see how that works out. But, you know, you know, if you look through their draft, they didn't address the need of the offensive line. They took one in the seventh round, but, I mean, they are that guy they can seem to swim. So they really didn't I got, go after what they needed. I wasn't crazy about the Giants draft altogether. I mean, I really wasn't. They're just looking yeah, at we're, it. We're, 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 yeah, we're going to go, you know, go through the whole draft and everything. But, you know, okay. right now, let's, right, we'll get through the first round right now. But, uh, all right, so then, obviously, your Raiders, Gary and Conley, they, you know, they obviously take a risk, but it could pay off in a big way. He's a great cover guy, and that's exactly what they needed. Yeah, I was, I was actually, I was shocked. I was stunned by the pick. Uh you know, I, I really like Kenny King, you know, Kevin King from Washington. I thought he was a, you know, he's a good player. You know, he's a pretty clean, you know, clean player. You know, no no question marks. I was shocked by the pick. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll, um, we'll see how this works out. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, my GM knows what he's doing. You know, he's, you know, made some, 
had some great drafts. So, I mean, I'm sure they did all the work they can, you know, they had to do. I know we took a polygraph test and, uh, the person administrating the polygraph said that he was telling the truth, but we'll, you know, we'll see yeah, what happens there. Like three teams gave it to him, right? Yeah, I, I actually think they would have taken him in the second round, but Dal- either Dal- that Dallas was going to – there was word that Dallas may take him or New Orleans with their, with their last pick in the first round. So, I guess if they – you know, if he really wanted him in the game such a very high grade, you know, that was the only way he was going to get him. So, We'll see how it works. I'm just I wasn't I wasn't that happy about the pick. I'll just say I'll say that. And and then the Browns with their second first round to take Peppers. You know, a lot of people are saying that was too early there. They got an F grade. I see in some places. I mean, I don't think it was that bad of a pick for them. They're looking for playmakers. They're looking to build their defense. You know what? Those are all the homos that that that, that want the Browns because they quote unquote need a quarterback. You know, you got to draft a quarterback there. You got to come in the first round without a, without a quarterback. No, uh, to me that's uh, I give him an A plus for that pick. Uh, the pick the, I want I wanted the Raiders to to make that pick, but uh, to take Peppers. But yeah, I mean it's a beautiful. To me, it's a great pick. You know, you're changing the changing the direction of that organization, and the best way to do it is with defense. I agree. And I, I, I thought they did really well. Then Falcons take McKinley, the tight end, the linebacker from UCLA, and you've seen what happened there. He comes up with the pitcher in his hand and all that type made, of stuff. He made yeah. a total ass of himself. He made a total ass yeah, of himself. What a beggar. Yeah, I agree. I, well, I actually thought the kid was okay until he made a total dick of himself. So uh, I, I honestly yeah. don't think he's going to be much of a player now just because of his uh, – because he's a fool. And then we'll leave it at that. I agree. And then the Bears for Davius White, the Cowboys, Taco Charlton, the Browns again, David Nostoiku from Miami, which is a great pick for them again there. And then the Steelers with T.J. Watt. What do you think of those picks? I didn't love, I didn't love T.J. Watt. I mean, I, I like the rest. I, I, I was very happy as you know, it was a little bit I'm a little bit of a Brown supporter. I was happy they made that pick. You know, I think they came away in the first round with three really good picks. Yeah, and um I, I like the other picks too. I mean they were solid. They were, the only guy I really wasn't crazy about was Watt. And uh, I guess since Pittsburgh drafted him, I guess that means he's gonna be good, so we'll see how that works. Yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh everything they touch turns to gold, right? So and then, and then the last two picks, obviously the Niners, we talked about the Ruben Foster pick, and then the Saints, Ryan Ramzik, the tackle in Wisconsin. I you really know, like the that. Crazy thing is, the craziest thing is this is the weakest year in a long time of, for, for offensive linemen, right? I mean, you've never seen anything. You don't see an offensive lineman go this late and not as many early, like, you know, usually have at least one or two franchise linemen in a draft, you know, and you didn't see that this year. I believe there was only I believe that it was the record for the in the first two rounds seven offensive linemen getting drafted and uh I think that's an all time low. I think that's the all time low for the first uh couple of rounds, you know, with offensive linemen they linemen so they, they uh they made uh, history with that in that regard. Yeah, you know what? Some years, you know, it's line you know, linebackers aren't great you know, it's not a good linebacker draft, it's not a good offensive draft. But I had a great defensive draft. But usually, it's very rare. Usually, you, you see, you, you, we see our share of uh, 
you know, top top end boot chip offensive linemen. It's a rare year when we we had we didn't see a lot of them on most of the board or even enter the draft. I agree. Hold on one second. We're gonna have the thing just froze up on me, but we're gonna have Dudu Brown joining us in a second if I can get this thing going. But do hang in there, Joe. I see you on there. I'm gonna have to switch here. Do it. So before we get going with Joe, with the Giants, what do you think about the Jets draft? Okay, I mean, listen, I thought the, I gave the Jets an A plus. I mean, you got Marcus May in the second round, a very student who looks like he's a confident player. You know, good run after the catch. Really love Jordan Leggett. Uh, I'm sure you can guess what I think about Chad Hansen. That's why I didn't mention him. But uh, <laughs> they get Jeremy Clark from Michigan, who was, to me was like a third rounder, but he he slipped a little because he's a you know a little bit of red flags with his uh you know off the field stuff. So I mean he's a very talented player. Plus the Jets really need a corner. I mean, you you look at the rest of the you look at the Jets draft. I gave him an eight or an A plus. You know, this tight ends, and I'm sure they'll find you know find ways to use him. You know. I heard about uh, Devin Smith tearing his ACL. He's out for the year, the second round from Ohio State from uh, 2015 or 14. I'm not sure which one, but uh, he's out for the year. Yeah, I, I love the Jets draft. I think they did a lot to, um, you know, change the attitude in the locker room with Adams. Adams is going to be a great locker room guy. He's no nonsense. Good practice habits. You know, uh, he's, he's a he's a clean player. That's you know with these players. These teams look for, you know, you know, these clean players. I think they got two clean players in the first two picks. And not taking a quarterback, I think, is a good idea. I, I, I well, that's, yeah, I mean, it's an A. Waiting, it's an a, for that. an A plus for, the, for not taking a quarterback, so. Well, Joe, Joe's with us now, right, Joe? You there? Hey, what's up? Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was on or not. I was just waiting. What's up, bud? What's going on, guys? But, Joe, before we get into the Giants, what do you think of the Jets draft, Joe? Yeah, I, I, like you said, I agree with Pete. I give him an A-plus for just not taking a quarterback. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, time will tell. You know, I, I love the Adams pick. I, I mean, that was a great pick. I mean, they, they should have called yeah. Tennessee and thanked him for not taking him. Cause that, that was great. He's a stud. I, I think he's their best first-round pick since Darrell Revis. Yeah, but, yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. But uh, yeah, we were yeah, we, we were going yeah. through the first round before, and uh, you know, we were just talking about obviously the bad trade the Bears made, you know, and, and mm-hmm. some other picks, you know, maybe some reaches and how a lot of unexpected guys at quarterback went early, which made guys drop. You know, what was like your well, you know surprise what it is? At, of the first round? With this draft, it was very hard to gauge because. I don't think we've seen a draft where there were so many medical red flags and there were so many off-the-field red flags. Altogether, 
and then you throw in the uncertainty of quarterbacks in that mix with it. So it was a pretty, you know, but it, it was a fun draft. It was a lot of action. Uh, trades, yeah, yeah, you know? Joe, you said uncertainty. I'm pretty certain they all suck, except for uh, – I'm certain they all suck. I'm not saying the certainty of how good I, they are, I, I, but I, where I, they would end up. You, you know what I'm saying? Because really – you know, I mean, you kind of had an idea where some of these guys might go, but did, you know, Kansas City trading up that far to get Mahomes, the Bears making a moronic trade like they did. You know, did we see that coming? I don't think so, you know, but uh, the offensive linemen. I mean, the first one didn't go till 20. The next one after that, 27. Two in the first round. Now, I got to think that's a record. I'm sure as long as any of us have been watching the draft, at least three go in the top ten every year. At least three. At least. And one in the top five, at least. Right? Yeah, me and Pete I were mean, just talking about that, how it's just yeah, a crazy and, and, year for offensive linemen. And 109 cornerbacks, I believe, right, in the entire draft were taken? That's crazy. 109. Yeah, how many? It just shows you. 20 go in the it, first two rounds. It just shows like you that, that, yeah. what kind of a passing league this has become. Yeah, you got a passing league and a deep cornerback draft. So, I guess, you know, there you go, right? I mean, you know, cornerback's a, a prime position now. And uh, It also shows yeah. some of the other athletes they got instead of playing wide receiver, playing cornerback. Yeah, I, I, the, I, I'd say like one of the biggest surprises for me in the first round, off the top of my head, was Corey Davis at five. I, I didn't, I, I didn't think he'd go in the top five, and, and let alone like I, I thought Tennessee should have been all over Jamal Adams and got a wide receiver with their next pick. Uh, I think the guy Juju Schuster in the third round is going to be better than Corey Davis. What do I know? I just I don't know the fact that he's on Pittsburgh and you know Davis wasn't at the combine. He has medical questions. I mean I I understand they need a receiver and all that, but at that point I would have took Adams not only because he was the best guy available, but. He he fills a need for them too, you know. Oh. Yeah. But, oh, you know. yeah. All right. So now moving to the Giants, Joe. We we already talked about their pick. What's your what do you think? The first round pick. Well, I I like the player. I think he's good. I understand why they made the pick, but me as a fan, I'm I'm just not happy with that pick. I I, I wouldn't have went that direction. But you know, hopefully he's going to be a good enough player where you look back and say, you know what, yeah, they made the right pick. But that's the Giants. You know, when it comes to the first round, expect the unexpected and just hope for the best. But, uh, you know, he's labeled as a tight end. He's really not a tight end. You know, he, he, when you look at him, he, he's not a tight end, and he's not going to be a tight end in the NFL either. He's going to be a big-body receiver, similar to like a Brandon Marshall type. And God willing, he turns into a Brandon Marshall. Then it'll be a great pick. But, uh, yeah, you know – I, every pick they made, the, the one pick I liked the best was the second rounder, Tomlinson. He's a big body. He fills a hole right away, which is big. They need that. You know, and will this be the defensive tackle trend of the Giants? They draft one, and after after they walk, they draft another one. They did it with Cofield, who led to Landville Joseph, who led to Hankins, and now we got Tomlinson. You know, every one of those guys left for free agency. So let's see. But, uh, you know, he makes the most sense, like I said, because he fills an immediate need. He's a big body. I mean, his his character sounds amazing. The kid had a 4.0 GPA. He was accepted into Harvard. You know, he's big, he's strong, physical. 
you know, everything sounds good. So, you know. And he also and, he's uh, one of those players, though, with medical questions. Right. But it seems like everybody in this draft is, right? Uh, you know? So, I guess, you know, time will tell. And uh, the other guys, you know, I don't know much about them. Well, I don't know much about the guys, but let's see. You know, they took running back. I still think, you know, I, I, think I have a feeling they're going to sign I think Gallman was the best pick, actually. Wayne Gallman, the running back from Clemson. I think that was their best pick. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I, I still think, though, they should go out and sign Blunt, though, because he's a rookie, you know what I mean? And Perkins has only played a season last year. So, you know, why not bring him Blunt? I think he's a great fit for their offense, too. You know, he's got a nose for the end zone. They need somebody, that, a running back, that they could kill clock with, you know, someone else also to compliment Perkins as well. I think he'd be a really good fit. And, uh, you know, they did take an offensive lineman one of the, in the sixth round, and I was reading, like, a lot of these giant pages on the, on Facebook, and some of these fans are getting really ecstatic. And I don't know. Listen, this off- this line, this draft obviously didn't have offensive linemen. I can't get too excited about an offensive lineman in the sixth round. I mean, hopefully the guy comes in and competes. He gives you some depth. And if he does that, you know, that, that's all he can really ask for out of a sixth round, though. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, they once again, they ignored the linebacker position. And they continue to do it, which why I don't understand. I mean, they, after this year, they have one linebacker on the contract, and that's B.J. Goodson, who doesn't have any experience. You know, like, when are you, at what point are you going to start developing linebackers? You know, you can't assume they're going to re-sign all three of their starters next year. Odds are they're not. You know, they have other people that are going to need to be signed. So it would make sense to draft them this way. You have them on the contract, they're not getting paid much, and you develop them, but I don't know. Uh, Jerry Reese just doesn't seem to value the position. Uh, it's amazing. But, so oh, well. Looking at it, so just, just off the top of your head, Keith, a couple uh, of uh, – who do you think had the best draft all around? What teams? Uh, I'm going to go – to me, Washington killed it. Uh, San Francisco. I really like I – really, I love what San Diego did. I mean – Getting all, getting all, I almost gone. I, I love what San Diego did. I like, uh, I really like the Orleans too. Too, if I have to give you one more for the top five, I'm gonna put the Jets in there. I think the Jets had a top five draft. The New Orleans, but New Orleans, the Ravens, the, Jets, the Ravens had a great draft too. Yeah, I'm not a little riffy on some of their picks, but I'm, you know, you can only put five in your top five, so I'm gonna. Uh, those are my top five guys. My top five. Yeah, teams. I, I think the you Ravens I, I, maybe just bumped out in one draft. Maybe I bumped out there. I mean, they're not gonna hit on all those picks, but maybe I bumped out New Orleans for what uh for Baltimore because they you know they did okay. This is a couple of yeah, guys. Yeah, the had a really good draft too. They did. They took early. I mean, listen, uh, I'm not crazy. I'm 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 unsure about the Bowser guy, and I actually saw him play a bunch of games. You know, I wasn't crazy. You know, I wasn't crazy about the the, the late round picks. But you know what? All one we do, he's another guy that he's the guy from Michigan. He has a little bit of character concerns, but he's got talent. I I really like Tim Williams and I like Marlon Humphrey. You know, and Bowser looks like a one of those workout freaks that you know, and you know, an edge guy that you know, he looks like they could uh, you know, do some damage. Well, you also got to put trust in Ozzie Newsom. He's one of them guys. He drafts well, man. The Ravens. They're one of those teams. They always seem to draft well, you know. They're like the Steelers, the Pats, you know, the Packers. Some teams, 
Just always draft well. You know what, Joe? I put more trust in me. I got more rings than Ozzy. <laughs> yeah, maybe onion rings. <laughs> what about bad drafts? Who was that? the bad? Who do you think had the worst draft? Oh, the worst draft. I mean, obviously, uh, New England. I mean, what they, you know, what they did. Yeah, I wasn't happy with with, with Carolina. Yeah, well, did. New England didn't really have any draft picks, that, you know, early. So, you know, I wasn't happy with. I believe in like the third round, right? Yeah, I, I like Curtis Samuel, you know, the Brooklyn kid from Ohio State, which is, to me, I mean, why you draft the McCaffrey if you have Curtis Samuel so high on your board? It's silly. They're both basically the same players. But yeah, they're like they're the same act- type of player. Yeah. They're actually to move Curtis Samuel to wide receiver, which is, you know, which is uh, shows a little bit of smart. You know, if I had to go with other teams that I, I don't think did great, I mean, listen. I'm not happy with what the Rams did. I really I really dislike a lot of their picks. I mean, I'm not crazy about the Chiefs draft. And you know what? Taking Fournette in the top five, to me, is, to me, it's very questionable with Jacksonville. Very questionable. Well, yeah. listen, if he turns into what they're saying he's going to be, then it's a good pick. Yeah, I don't like it. I thought, uh, like, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't like the McCaffrey pick at all for Carolina. Not a fan. I go find, I go find the stage. Awful. It's an awful pick. Awful. Yeah. It, it yeah. Really you know what it is? You know why it's? I, I don't like that pick because, like, he really doesn't fit what they do. So now, it, do they turn around and change their offense because they took this guy? Because. Uh, He's not a good player. You're like, what are you doing here? He's not a good player. You're changing the guy for the offense for a guy who's not that good. And that's, he's, to me, it's a but joke. He's the guy that doesn't a, fit their offense, and they took him early. Third, what do they do? You know? He's the third or fourth rounder in the top ten. I mean, that's awful. It's an awful pick. Well, yeah, I don't I know think, if he's a third or fourth round. I mean, a lot of people really were very high on him, you know? I had him, I had him, I had him in the Kamara range. And to me, Kamara is like a third round, like a third, uh, third down back. To me, I had them, you know, basically splitting hairs between those two, and, you know, the other four big backs. So, I mean. Oh, yeah. the, the, speaking of Kamara, the, the Saints got a deep backfield, huh? Kamara, Ingram, and Peterson. Yeah, like who? Yeah. You know, that, that's a lot of touches you gotta give the up. Team, not to mention, they pass a lot too. You know, it's not like they're. No, I'm just gonna say for a team that hates. Team, you know, for a team that hates running the ball, I mean, that that's, I know. that's a lot of bats. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. It makes you wonder. Well, I mean, you know, Peterson they ain't gonna have for a long time. I don't know Ingram's contract situation, but I gotta think he's got to be nearing the end of his contract, right? Because he's there. Well, it makes me wonder if Ingram's in I, they they wonder if they're not going to look to unload Ingram for some reason. They already, they already, he's already on his second contract. They already resigned him. How long ago, though? Do you have any idea? Last year. He was a free agent last oh, year. Oh, okay. After the, 2000, right. after the 2016 season. Well, you know, we don't know the contract, how it's worked out, but maybe it's the kind of deal like they could cut him after a year or two without a big cap hit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, running backs don't get big contracts anyway, so you know. No, they don't. No, no, no. So, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm, 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 you know, I, me personally, I think Cook was better than the best running back in this draft. Yeah, to me, Cook should have should have got picked where uh, where Fournette got picked. I mean, that's yeah. very quite very very questionable. Uh, for Minnesota. 
Minnesota. I was looking at Minnesota's draft too before when I was doing my list, and uh, you know they had a pretty good freaking draft too. I mean, for a team that didn't have a first round, they did pretty well. Yeah. And people, do you think are mixed into Cincinnati? Is that gonna work? Is that a good? Not, I don't think that's a good spot for him. But what do you think? That, that could, they couldn't have put a, him in a worse locker room. They really couldn't have. It doesn't matter because he's a good kid, so it doesn't matter what kind of locker room put him. I just don't like the fact sure that they were the absolute running sure backs. They, they love their thugs. Cincinnati loves thugs, man. They just love them. Like, and, uh, there's only one thug on the team, and that's uh, that's the perfect. I mean, because Mixon's a good well, kid. Well, no, so. Pac, don't forget about Pac-Man Jones, one of the biggest lowlifes. He's low not a thug. I mean, he just sports. likes to hang out with strippers and make it rain. No, he, the, the guy's a lowlife. The guy's a lowlife. But he, they – uh. I, I don't know, you know. I just don't I, like you know, the fact that the kid turns it around and 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 it goes well for him. But just first I don't of all, know. he turned it around. He turned it around two years, three years ago. So I, I just don't like the fact. First of all, I don't like the fact that they. I guess this means Jeremy Hill's gone because he's his last year of his contract. Oh, he's and, definitely uh, gone. Yeah. Basically, if, if you if you have Mixon, you don't even need uh, Bernard either because Mixon. You know he's not a, he's not a one you know he's not a one dimensional back. He probably he's probably a better wide receiver than Mixon. I mean, yeah, you, know, you still want Bernard. you know teams still have more than one running back anyway. And Bernard's hurt, didn't Bernard get like a surgery or something? I think I heard he got a surgery. I don't know for yeah, what. Yeah, he, he got banged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to season, right. You know what? This is really if you if you're. Uh, if you're Jeremy Hill right now, I I I would look to be putting your ass up for you know, start looking for yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, this should light a fire under your ass too. How's about that? Uh, yeah, it's just definitely motivate them. That's yeah. one thing. Yeah. And I'm just gonna throw some teams out there, and you tell me what you think. What do you think of Green Bay? Green Bay's draft. So we get Kevin King in the second round. I love Kevin. I love Kevin. I like uh, I I like I like that pick. I like the the Aaron Jones pick, the running back from UTEP. He looks good. Devontae Mays, yeah. uh, he looks he looks like he's going to be a solid player. And Malachi Dupree, he's someone we everyone we all had him targeting for the first round. You know that's why I don't do mock drafts. You know two days, you know a week after this draft because I had him as a, as a first round draft pick last year and he went in the seventh round. By the way, there's mock drafts out for next year already. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> no, I know it's crazy. It's just crazy. I like yeah, I like Vin, I like Beagle, the, the local guy. They, they need a they, you know they need depth at linebacker, so that was a good pick. You know I, I you know I, I wouldn't I didn't love Green Bay's draft, but you know what I I, I like it because I really I'm really high on Kevin King. Yeah, well, and they addressed, you know, they needed help in the secondary, and they added two guys and right Josh, there. So Josh Jones in the second round, they'll, they'll the safety out of uh, NC State. NC State's got a bunch yeah, of good like players. Yeah, they got NC guys State coming out next year. They're saying that they're yeah, going to be even they, better next year. Yeah, they got, and they, they got a lot of good defensive players in next year's draft. Well, you know, we'll see how it goes. Guys regress or, you know, or guys come out of nowhere and get, you know, that breakout. So, you know, right. NC State looks like they're going to have a big year in the um, – you know, in the ACC, so we'll see how that how that goes. You know, and I like the, I, I you know I, I you know we I made fun of uh, Atlanta, but I like Duke Riley. I like what they did. I like the kid, uh, the Demonte Kazi from the the cornerback out of San Diego State. You know, he looked pretty yeah, they good. They like those LSU linebackers because last year they took Deion Jones. Yeah, right? I worked, remember? I worked, and, and, really good. 
yeah. it worked out really good. And, and Riley is kind of like him too. I, I think that was a really good pick, especially where they got him. I wanted the Giants to take Riley, but uh, we know how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we got David. I, really, I, really, <laughs> I, I was pounding my hands on the table for the Raiders to take Ray Quam McMillan in the second round. It was a great pick by the Doll. I, I actually liked yeah, it better than I like the Harris pick. I really liked that better than the Harris pick. But you know what? You know, uh, I really think Ray Quam McMillan. He may, if if he can learn how to get a little better in coverage, you're talking about a, a three down linebacker who's going to be a plenty of all pro. Yeah, yeah no, Ohio State always and Ohio State always seems to breed good linebackers. They're good. they're a linebacker school. They always seem to pump out yeah, good linebackers yeah. all the time. I mean, history they shows a lot of good back, defensive always. players. A lot of good, especially linebackers. Yes, yeah. yeah. Cornerbacks and linebackers. They, that's been like their mo for the last few years. Especially this year. Look at how many. You know, last year Apple came out. This year they had about two or three get drafted. Right. That Conley. Um, Who's the other one? The uh, Lattimore. I mean, the fact that they don't play for champions every year is embarrassing. But, uh, yeah, they're, 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 they're yeah. five-star players at every position. I mean, the backups are four-star players. I mean, it's, it's I know. Insane. They're already talking about the running back in next year's draft, the guy Webber. They're saying he's going to be like an old Ezekiel Elliott, maybe. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, yeah. Steve, what do you think the overall the, draft? You know what? I, I like the kids they took in the second round. We'll follow. It looks good. I mean, Eddie Vanderlis was a hot shot recruit uh, three, three years ago. He was uh, he was like the, all, he was a five star recruit uh, that all the West, you know, the teams, you know, all the schools in the West were, were fighting over. I mean, he looks like if you can light a fire under his ass, you know, and uh, and coach him up, that that he's going to be a great run stopper and he can get to the quarterback. This is something that uh, that uh, that McKenzie does every year in the third round. He drafts a guy that was a big shot recruit, and he, uh, you know, and he, and he just lets the talent take over. Keeps the talent over. He, you know, they did that with the uh, kid from FSU, the defensive end. He did, you know, and um, you know, listen in the third round, you know, you get a you get a high a high motor guy that you know that's about that on the run, you know. Big deal. The guy they took in their fourth round, David Sharp, the tackle out of Florida. If he wasn't blind in one eye, I really like him. But he's a he's a developmental player that he's going to have to play a uh, on one side play, of the uh, field, right? He's going to have to play left tackle. So uh, you know, he can only play left tackle or left guard. So um, he's someone that he's a developmental guy. He's someone that they can plug in. I, I like that when you have the the. the the handyman guy, like, you know, if someone gets banged up, you throw him in there for a couple of plays, you know, and, you know, you need somebody you need somebody that can fill in for a play here and there, you know, when, if somebody gets banged up. It's amazing you could get into the NFL without an eye, right? That's pretty impressive, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and, you know, imagine, like, with a helmet on, too. Like, you know, not having vision in one eye is bad enough. Now with a helmet on and, like, it's it's amazing. But, I mean, I would think – Right, he can only play one side of the field, right? Because he has a totally yeah, blind to side, right? Like, he's gonna have to play yeah. the left side. No. Is there a Shannon Sharp or, or Sterling Sharp? Because I know his last name is spelled the same. No, no relation. No, no relation. And you know, I like well, he traded down. I like he had we had we ended up with fourth, seventh rounders. We got the guy Shalom uh, 
wanting the Washington State safety. He's going to be a, a monster on special teams. So, I mean, so I, I like it. We'll see how it develops. Like I said, I was shocked and a little disappointed with with the first-round pick, Connelly, you know, because of the, you know, the off-the-field issues. But, you know, we'll see how it works. I gotta stop saying. Yeah, they that. must have really, really, really liked him if they took. Somebody I mean, he had to be a top you know? five. Had to be a top five player on their board for them to take him there. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, you had to be. Yeah. yeah. So um, and I also think. Of, that, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying. He also thought there was rumors going that he may go in the first round. He had to think that the Cowboys or the or the Saints were going to take him after them. That he wouldn't be available in the second round. So. He would have been a good fit for both of those teams. Yeah. And yeah, the Cowboys so. are scared to take a guy with off the field problems, as we all know. Yeah. You know? What do you think of uh, Magic Mike's Buffalo Bills draft? <laughs> all right. I really like Zay Jones in the second round. And I, I like the first round pick, too. The, 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 Mary's White, for Davies White, the cornerback that I like. Yeah, I like the sure. I like Zay Jones. I mean,. They got the guard out of Dawkins. He was a high, you know, he's a highly rated player. And Matt Milano too. This Matt Milano out of BC. He's a he, listen. He's a he's one of those. He, he reminds me of a poor man's Chris Spielman, if you remember Chris Spielman. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. I loved Chris Spielman. That guy was a yeah. Not not quite Chris Spielman, <laughs> but that type of player. That that type of player. That type of attitude. So that guy. I think I think Buffalo did well. A hundred and eighty something. I mean, I used to love him when he was on Detroit, number fifty-four, and then he went to Buffalo. I even like kind of the 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 the, the linebacker that took out of Boise State. I've seen him play a bunch, and he can make plays. And we we both like Peterman, Joe. So uh, you know, yeah. he's a great quarterback. He's a developmental guy. If uh, let's yeah, say Cordell Jones doesn't work out. Peterman only threw seven interceptions in his college career. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, and I remember the game he played against Clemson when they beat Clemson. He scored like 60 points on Clemson's defense. I mean, big game, the biggest game of his life, and he went out there and he played aces. Yeah. They said the only knock on him, though, was that he doesn't have a big arm. But they said, you know, he can make up for it with his intelligence, decision-making, accuracy, which is all great. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to throw a comp out there on him, let's say Chad Pennington, uh, that style of play. Yeah, just took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say that because Pennington, like, I, I, I'm going back a while, but I remember when he was on the Jets and the Giants had Kerry Collins. And I would always say, I wish I could take Pennington's brain and heart and put it in Kerry Collins' body, and you'd have an, a, an all-time quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Because Collins was big, strong, could make any throw. You know, he used to get happy feet, but – and Pennington had everything but a good arm, and he couldn't stay on. You know, obviously he got hurt a lot, but the intelligence was there, his heart, you know. So what do you think yeah, of oh, so comparison? The Dallas Cowboys draft. So you got Tom Salton in the first. They got the Cowboys draft. in the second. Yeah. Jordan Lewis. They added a lot of DBs in this draft. You knew they were going defense because I, I, I really love Marquez White, the cornerback out of Florida State. He is a player. He can cover. And Xavier Woods, they got the safety as well in there. Yeah, I like so Switzer. 
I like Schwartz, a little white guy. He, to yeah, me, he's like a Beasley. He's going to be like yeah, a little Beasley. Exactly. Like Beasley. Yeah, I didn't need to see his freaking tattoo take up 20 minutes of draft coverage, but you I know, know what? Who cares, really? Yeah, yeah. Nobody cares about the dumb guy. He may, he really, I, he's, I really, I, I normally don't like little white guys, but, uh, you know, for a little white guy to kick a play because he's a good pump too. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, I'm not lying. It's not something I just say. It's the truth. Who are you stunned with that we split the most? And I'm not even talking first round guys. Like in, in like even third, fourth, fifth round. Like, is there any guys that you thought should have definitely been picked a lot earlier? Uh-huh. Uh, I, I like I like Marlon Mack on Indianapolis. I, I thought he could have been like a third round. He went actually he went 143rd. Uh, in the fourth round to Indianapolis. I like him. I really like Dante Foreman. He went in the third round. I thought he could have been a second-round pick. But Houston, Houston kicked, cleaned up. They got Deshaun Watson, Zach Cunningham, who many people had a first-round grade on him. Uh, Dante Foreman, I mean, Davenport was a high. He was up there on a lot. Of, and Carlos Watkins, who, if it wasn't for a car accident, would have been a first-round draft pick. He had a car accident. The other, that running back Hunt fell back. When oh, Kareem Hunt? He was a, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, he's a and what about the offensive yeah. line? Like uh, Forrest Lamp, there's a guy, you know, yeah, Eagle, round, Eagle, the round, yeah. Eagle killed it. I mean, the, you just look at no, the draft. San Diego had a good draft. They did. Let me go they over there. Rivers may play another 10 years after this draft. I mean, they, they, they draft, they went up and down, making a lot of good picks. Yeah, too bad they're in such a tough division and probably don't, you know. You know what? I forgot to write San Diego's. I, have every, I wrote every team's draft except San Diego. Shit. And that's what happens. You get a little, you get a little drunk when you're a little, little eye drunk while you're making you making. draft drunk. <laughs> draft drunk. Yeah. Yeah. What about the Steelers? I mean, we know the Steelers turn big guys into gold, but, it, you know, it's Obviously, the WAP pick. I know you weren't crazy about it at that point. What do you think? I, love, I, was, I like Thomas Scott. I was just going to say the same thing. I, was, I wanted the Raiders to draft them. They got my favorite player in the draft. I don't care. I mean, he might be the best player and not be, be the guy I'm so high on, but I love James Conner. I mean, if you if you follow college football, and you, how could you not root for James Conner? That beat yeah. high. Came back, came back. It was a very in, the, in his in his freshman year. Everybody thought he was going to be a first, first, second round draft pick. And yeah, he came back. Yeah, and he, listen, he's in a great spot. He, uh, he's somebody I'm going to root for. You know, I'm really going to root for. I mean, I like I, I like Brian Allen, the the cornerback out of Utah. They took him in the fifth round. I mean, Dobbs. He's in one of these. What, he's a developmental cornerback. Someone. Do you know Dobbs you know, was a rocket scientist? Did you know that? A real yeah. legitimate rocket scientist. Yeah, he's like in the astronaut program. I mean, yeah, he's someone. Yeah. He, you know, he's gonna. You know, he's gonna play in a game this year because Big Ben usually misses one game, one or two games. Yeah. I mean, simply because no. he, you know, he, he stands in the pocket so long. But you know what? We're gonna see him because they're gonna. They're probably gonna break ties with Landry, with Landry Jones because basically he sucks. And uh, hey, hey, I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks back when we were talking about the draft and we were talking about the skills. Remember, I said the game draft the linebacker. I called it. Yeah, I don't like T.J. Watt though. I, I I thought they were better players. They, I actually you know what, though? the Steelers, the Steelers that, always seem to hit on that, linebackers. That, they know they know how that, to draft that, linebackers. No, that's not true. Yeah. That's actually not true. 
They they had that guy from Georgia who they took in the first round of two year, a couple of years back. Who's not on the team anymore? I think his, name, his last name's jo- Jones. Uh, they did. Yeah. They, oh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. They they took him in the first round. He didn't turn out they to be nobody. In the first time, she is good. Oh, I mean, Shazier's a beast. I mean, yeah. Who's the other guy? Somebody, yeah. Is it the was somebody, one of those players, though, you can't miss on. You know, he, you know, yeah, you, like you, draft him, yeah. you draft him, you, you know he's going to be another, on the team. Another Ohio State linebacker. Ohio yeah. Ohio State. Laura Knight. Yeah, when we were talking about, like, all them, they, they just pump him out, man. Yeah. The yeah, guy that just took away. Further than people thought, right, too. Right. Who's that? Ben? Well, you know what? I, I'm not that. Jack I was, like, I was watching yeah, yeah. highlights. He, he was some. He was the guy I was. I wanted the Steelers to draft instead of what? I I thought he was a much better prospect. You know what it is with Cunningham? Like I, I watched a lot of video on him because you know I seen a lot of mock drafts with him going to the Giants. You know my obsession with linebackers, but he uh he looks kind of lanky. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe he could get. You know he's young. I'm sure he's going to get bigger in the NFL. But I don't know. I'm not saying he won't be good. It's a good team to go to for him. Yeah, he's on a team with great defense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it is. It is. But when I watch his tapes and, like, linebackers who turn out to be good pros in the NFL usually look dominant on college film. And he looked good. I'm not saying he didn't. But he didn't look dominant. Like, when I watched he didn't look like he's you know what the what? problem is with that? When you watch his film, he plays for Vanderbilt, and they play in the SEC, and then the SEC is stacked. It's tough. Right, yeah, right. It's, no, it's tough. It's tough. But Especially the, if you but play, the NFL, the NFL is a lot tougher. You know? Yeah, but you know what? He played for Vanderbilt. I mean, that's all I had to say about that. Vanderbilt, if they're lucky, if they get one or two draft picks a year. So, I mean... Yeah. If you know Vanderbilt, if you follow college football and you know Vanderbilt, they're, they're pretty much a cupcake. So it's hard yeah, to, yeah, I know they're nothing special. When, you, when you're not surrounded by a bunch of, of four or five star players, like the other, every other team is is, is stacked with four or five star recruits. It's an issue. No, I know, yeah. but I'm saying if you're if you're still if you're a dominant, you know, if you're a really big player, you're gonna dominate no matter what. You, you know what I'm saying? We've seen guys on bad schools before totally dominate. It happens, you know. I'm not knocking a guy. I'm just saying I don't know. He did. Not that he looked bad, but he didn't, like, jump out at me and say, oh, wow, like, this guy. Like, like when I was watching the films of Bowser, Bowser looked way better on film than he did. Like, Bowser looked like a fucking force, you know? Like, Cunningham was making the plays he should make, but he didn't seem dominant. Like, so, but I guess time will tell, about, right? What do we know? We, we talked about how great the Barnett pick was for the Eagles. What do you think of the rest of the Eagles draft? The Eagles had a good draft, as much as it pains me to say it. And I love Barnett. I, I love that guy. I think he's going to be a beast. I think he's going to get more sacks than Garrett. I, re- I really hired yeah, no, him. I, I really I, hired him. I love him, too. I think he's an animal. I think he was an oh, awesome pick for them. Yeah, uh, I, really, I, I, I wish he wasn't in our division. <laughs> even, you know, you going to also wish he wasn't in the division. Sidney Jones, uh, love that Collins, the one Steve had. Yeah, yeah no, they had a good draft. If he wasn't yeah, injured, he would be. He's a top ten pick. He's maybe better than any of the rest of the um, Washington uh, yeah. quarterbacks that went in the draft. I mean, yeah, I no, love my college. You know, Donnell Humphrey too, the running back out of San Diego State. They got their replacement for uh, Spoles when he retires after this year. Yeah, so. yeah, and he he looks kind of like him too, like that type of oh, player. Oh, he's a back. 
become exactly like yeah. them. And, uh, yeah. You know, Kelvin Gibson, the wide receiver. They love West Virginia guys. Let's see. They took uh, Roscoe, Roscoe Douglas out of West Virginia. They got uh, they got Sheldon Gibson, the wide receiver out of West Virginia. They drafted Smallwood last year out of West Virginia. And they must love the, the West Virginia guys. And, Pete, on another note, you remember we were saying, like, why is D.D. Westbrook slipping? I found that. Yeah, I mean, out you know what? The interview. With yeah, I didn't, even, I didn't know that until recently. Not only that, I looked it up. Joe, he had an issue. He 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 got arrested like in 2012 uh, for be, for beating up his his girl. And when they another you know, guy. They, oh my God, man! I never and had when they asked, and like when they asked him about it at the combine, he was basically like pooped. Like it wasn't a big deal. I didn't even know right. about this. All this happened before he was even out of Oklahoma. He, yeah, you know, he got in Oklahoma. He was a transfer in 2014. Well, I've yeah. seen him play all those games, you know, all those games for Oklahoma, and he never, they never, it was never mentioned. It was like, you know, it's not Oklahoma. And, yeah, and with, and with all the dirt surfacing on all these other guys, at no point did they ever say he got kicked out of the combine. I, I didn't even know it until the draft. They, they said, you know, he got kicked out of the interview. I'm like, wow, that's not good. <laughs> you know? That that I mean, you know, that's a yeah, that's red flag. Yeah, a very big red flag because if you're losing your cool at the biggest job interview of your life, I mean, what does that yeah. mean? Like, guy, yeah. is, is this guy coachable? You, you know what I mean? If uh, you know, like, can he handle criticism? You know, if he's the kind of guy, hey, you know, you didn't do this right, that right, is he gonna have a fucking temper tantrum and walk out on you? You, you know what I mean? The one thing I say about him, he had a sprained ankle coming into the season. Oklahoma was a was a totally different team once he got healthy. Uh, he think he can play. And he's got he's got talent, and he can, he can make a lot of big explosive plays. Yeah, yeah. and obviously uh, Washington had a great draft that we talked oh, about Washington as well. Had, they had the best draft in the division, and they had one of the best drafts. Like their draft was just unbelievable, man. Hey, what about the guy, the the, the GM of Buffalo gets fired the next day? What the fuck is that? What happened? I know. You didn't hear that? They yeah, fired the Bills article. Fired the Bills fired yeah, they fired him the day yeah. after the draft. Oh, well, he got fired. I, I, dude, I didn't even know. I'm so into the draft and watching this draft stuff, and you know, yeah, I, I sent you guys, draft. I sent you guys the link in that chain text. I, I, I didn't oh. even read the article as to why, but imagine that right after the draft, like, all right, adios, guys. <laughs> oh, that's, that's crazy, thanks for the draft. Right? By the way, you're out. Thanks for your services. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't let the door hit you in the ass. Uh-oh. Jeez. Yeah, so Washington crazy, getting Moreau in the third round, the corner from UCLA, I thought was great. Obviously, Some yeah, yeah, in the in the fourth. yeah, in the fourth round. I mean, they did a great job. And they, <laughs> must, they must have been doing cartwheels when, when Allen fell to them. They must have been doing cartwheels that Allen was there. I yeah, mean, I mean, Allen falling to them a lot. You know, a top I mean, five talent <laughs> falling down to 17, you know? He looks like a Redskin too. He he really fits them. Now the Redskins, let me tell you something. They're a very Their physical team. They're front seven strong. Their front seven looks strong, and they got that guy from UCL from USC last year. The linebacker, yeah, uh, Cravens, Super Cravens. Yeah, Super Cravens. Yeah, I mean he's a player yeah. too. They're, gonna, they got, they're, they're, they're a very physical team. Very physical. They're going to be tough. Yeah. You know, let's see what they do with Kirk Cousins and where this goes. Who knows? I don't know. Some, I have a feeling that I, I don't know. I got he's, a bad probably feeling gonna, he's probably his last year, I would think, there, Cousins. Yeah, I, I think at this point he probably wants out of there, you know? 
And uh, all right, so and, and and then we had uh, uh, what's his name? Well, we were talking about the Eagles, but a guy they got late in the sixth round too. Elijah Qualls looked really far down there too, you know. Now the Washington guy, yeah, these two. He must have an injury right off the field stuff. I mean, from the slip so much. Yeah, that, that could be something why he slips because he's just too good of a talent. To, to, now, with all know. these red flags, right? Like the ones at least we know about. Do you, you know, there's got to be a bunch of red flags behind closed doors that we don't know about, right? I'm sure these teams do their homework and find out things that the average guy like us doesn't know or the news doesn't find out, you know? Oh, and it just sure, doesn't yeah. get shared with the public, you know? So when a guy falls, you know, there might be something there you, we just may never know. We may never know. You might not ever find out, like, why, you know? <laughs> I actually had to research what, 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 what was going on with D.D. Westbrook. Other than the combine things, I mean, I, I said he threw like two, he threw the ba- his baby's mama down like a flight of stairs. I mean, you know, it was some it was some bad shit that that, that he did, man. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, yeah, especially now when the domestic violence. I mean, look, look at this. I mean, you got Ray Rice, right? Here's a guy like Joe Mixon was on video, blah blah blah, and this girl was his wife and shit, and he's blackballed. You know, done. That's it. But along comes Joe Mixon. Somebody gives him. A, somebody's always going to give these guys a shot. I hate to say it. Like, you know, as as long as these guys continue to get drafted and collect paychecks, you know. Well, the thing I'll say about Mixon, he went three years, he went two two years without, you know, without a peep, you know. He, right, Good right. kid, good kid, you know, like, you see him, you see him, like, interviewed, because I think, obviously, there was a bunch of reporters around him. I've seen him interview, like, three or, three or four times. You could tell, you know, like, he's remorseful for what he did, you know, and, uh, you know, he's a soft-spoken, you know, decent kid, you know. You know, let's just face it. If, if he wasn't a great player, he wouldn't have got drafted. And the oh, kid's a great player. Yeah. You know, he's Listen, great freaking if, if Michael, If Michael Vick wasn't a, 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 a quarterback, he would have never got back in the league. You know, so it goes to show you, like, these teams, you know, a lot of times I think I wonder, like, do they even care about the uh, image? You know, or sometimes, you know, they just don't care. Mm-hmm. You know what they care about is their fan base and if making their money. Base, if their fan base is gonna is gonna, you know, make a big deal about it, there's always certain places where you and can that's have. And that's why that's why I thought Mixon could end up at Denver because one, he fits. You know what I mean? They could have used a running back like him. You'd be a, he's uh, a nice... John, John Elway can't do no wrong. Like you know, the yeah. guy's a, a god in Denver. Yeah, it's all he, he can draft. Like, it's not yeah, he could draft Charles Manson. He could draft Charles Manson, and it wouldn't matter. You know, a place like Kansas City would be a, would I thought would have been a good place for him because you know what the, you know they, 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 it's like playing baseball in St. Louis. They they different they different type of people. You know, yeah, they just uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's what a good coach, Andy Reid. You know that 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 would have made more sense. I, that's why I said like the Bengals is probably like the worst. If you were to look at every NFL team and say, all right, what's probably the worst place to put this guy? I think yeah, I don't think it's a bad place for him because of the market. I think the market's a good place. It's a good market. Well, no, no, it's not the market. It's what's already there. You know what I mean? Like, let's face it, Mar- Marvin Lewis loses control of that team. When that team loses its cool, he can't get it in check. Well, I mean, him still having a job is another story altogether. But, 
You know what I mean? You want him in the same locker room as Pac-Man Jones? You know? It's, I, you know, I don't it's know. different. Joe, he's an offensive player. He can't, he's I not going to get, know. you know, no, no, he's not going to get a walking penalty. He's not going to get the penalty that kills you. Like, freaking Bert, Bert is perfect. I mean, ugh, I, mean, I would have caught him. I would have caught him after that playoff game. I mean, he just, it, 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 it was, you, it's one thing to be a bad guy off the field. It's, it's another thing to, to hurt your team on the field. I mean, that's, that's, that's right. killer. Let me tell you, if they, if they, he would have got cut by the Bengals, he may still be looking for a job. He may be done. He may have been done. Yeah, it seems like guys do something now and they get cut and then nobody wants to go near him anymore. Right. You well, know? it depends on the guy, too. You know, it depends on the position, you know, if there's a need for it. You know, like, listen, did it, when when the whole Michael Vick thing happened, that you you know a lot of people thought, oh, this guy's done. He's never coming back. The guy went to jail and he came back. Plaxico Burris went to jail and got it. These guys just didn't get caught. They went to jail, jail. Yeah, they came back and had a job. So yeah, you know if you still got something in the tank, somebody might give you a chance, man. You know, I mean these guys went to jail and came back. Uh, you know, how many jobs can you get locked up and come back and have a job again? Right, not many. Not many. Well, especially your job where you're making seven figures. <laughs> yeah, that on yeah. right, and you're in the spotlight, and right, you know. So you know, if you still got talent, there's somebody out there willing to sign you. So guys, if I just said, give me one, give me your best pick of the first round. What was it? One pick. Hmm. Jonathan Allen. Yeah, I have to agree. I'm going to go value-wise. I could, you know, just say the best, I'm the best player, but I'm just going to go value-wise where they got drafted. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, when you consider where he went, I would say him, but I would say the Jets taking Jamal Adams at, at five. Where you got him? Six, I'm sorry, it's six. And then one, one what do you think is the worst pick of the, draft, of the first round? The Cassidy, worst pick I don't, of the draft. I don't chose it's the Tennessee pick. Yeah, I'm really down on that one. I don't know. You know what? I think you got the same one. Because you could say even Trubisky, too, just because he would have been there anyway and they gave so much for him. You know what I mean? He wouldn't have been there. He he definitely wouldn't have been there. They would have made a trade with another team. Well, they're saying, actually, they're saying that Chicago pulled around the league and and nobody said they had a deal with San Francisco. They might have just got swindled by Lynch. Yeah, no, they jumped the gun. Yeah. They panicked. I think they just panicked. So if you're the Houston Texans and uh, and you get a call from uh, I think the guy's name is Pace, the guy on in Chicago, and you want the, the second overall pick, are you going to say the truth? You're going to be like, oh yeah, we have a deal on the table with uh with the Forty ers The great thing yeah, about the Forty ers they only moved down one spot. And there had to be another deal. They still got deal. the player they wanted, and they racked up some picks. So who's better than them? <laughs> Yeah, that's a beautiful thing, you know. They, they, so it's like they drafted Solomon Thomas and draft picks, basically. With the with, with the third selection, we select Solomon Thomas, a third round of this year, a third round of next year, a fourth round. Of, I mean, no, they got a I first mean, round. Of next John Lynch, year. man. They got a first yeah, I'm round. sorry, yeah. And if they think that. that first rounder might be a good first. That's rounder. going to be a damn good first rounder. And guess what? The Niners will be in the mix for one of the top quarterbacks that year. Regardless of their record, just because they got two first rounders, because when you got yeah. two first rounders, 
you can move up. You you that that that's and if that the Niners they so they can have two top ten picks possibly. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't great know what move, the Bears great, were thinking. Great great move by uh Lynch. Uh, you know, yeah. definitely just starting out, but he's been he's Started off, you know, with a bang for sure. You know, there's no yeah, way but around I it. You guys too. The McCaffrey pick, I did not like that one. Did, I did not like the Corey Davis pick. I, I, I did not like that pick at all. I would have much rather had Sam Adams and took a receiver later on. You know, uh, wide receiver is the easiest position to fill too. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you're going to stop plucking stud wide receivers, but you could get <laughs> Jamal Adams is a special defensive player that. I wouldn't have passed on that guy. That guy, uh, he's a difference maker. On an up-and-coming team, you'd love to plug that guy in your locker room. I think Tennessee messed up big time not taking him. The one thing I'll say about that, and I, and I hated it, you know, and I wasn't crazy about it either, but they weren't going to draft. They weren't going to be able to draft one of those wide receivers at number eighteen. But I, I definitely wasn't going to happen. All right, even if they knew they weren't, I still would have took Jamal Adams. I still would have. But, you know, we're not the GMs, right? That's why they get paid the big bucks to make these decisions, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like the the seventh round. The Dolphins getting Isaiah Ford out of Virginia Tech, man. That was Dolphins had a good pick, man. Uh, Good good draft. Yeah, they got him late. They got him in the last round, seventh round. Yeah. By far, the best one is. Ever to play for Virginia Tech? I mean, that's not saying much, but you know. yeah, they're not exactly known like, for the wide receivers. I like getting the guard at Seattle too in the fifth round. I thought that was a good pick for them. I thought Tankersley uh, was a little bit of a reach because he he can't tackle and he doesn't doesn't look like he wants to tackle, but he can cover. He can cover you. And he gets he gets turnovers. He scores turnovers, but. I know they loved him. They loved him going before the draft. I knew they I knew they had their eye on him before even the draft started. That's how much they liked him. But yeah, no, listen. Like you said, listen, I was saying earlier, you're not gonna really know two, three years who who won these drafts. You know. It's fun yeah, to talk about time. it and, and, and it's fun to talk you know, about it and, and give our opinion yeah. and all that. It's fun to break it down, though. You know, it, if you if you yeah. if you if break it down. Thing, it's, it's fun. It's fun to break it down. No, it definitely is, and you know, yeah, listen, I, I, already, gotta, I already can't wait for next year's draft. Let let the mock let the mock uh, let the mock uh, draft begin, right? Yeah, really. <laughs> as we speak, already, as we speak, Mel Kipe is hard at work. It's already in my. I'm starting my list already because I'm going to my my college football notes, and it's basically it's not a it's not a mock draft, but because some of these players aren't even eligible for next year's draft, but uh, you know it's still fun to try and put together. And another thing, if you're into college football, watch look look out for Wyoming. Wyoming's going to be like the next Boise State. I I did I I did my list of draft picks today. And there were a, a, a bunch of Wyoming players getting drafted. I mean, you never see this with Wyoming. No. And I know, I know they have a quarterback too that that's going to be a first round. Without a doubt, if these if these slobs went in the first round, this the guy in Wyoming has a shot to be a franchise type of player. So I, I mean, and I know I, I so I would look out for Wyoming because they're, they're a program on the rise. 
You know how we talk about how it gets annoying with all the quarterback talk in the draft? Because it is every year, no matter how good they are. So next year, supposedly a really good class. Yeah, we're we're going to get – we're gonna get we're gonna get quarterbacks shoved down our throats. <laughs> but you know what, Joe? If they're good, I I could take it if they're no, good. No, they're, 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 they're good, right? There was Andrew Luck and RG three. Those are good players. Those are guys that at least had a resume in the, in college. The guys that we've been getting thrown down our throats the last two years, they the slobs. I I I have I have no use for it. You you make me change the channel and watch like Naked and Afraid or something when you talk about these. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I watch an American pickers while while freaking panting a draft show because I can't watch any more freaking people talk about Pat Mahomes. No, I know, I know. Like, you think Brad Tyler? Right? You I think mean, Brad Tyler should have stayed at Miami for another year? Jesus, seventh round pick, I'm gonna be. There's a lot of players. I had a guy. I had a guy. That's why we can't do mock drafts. I had KD Cannon, the wide receiver at a Baylor, as a top. Uh, in the, going in the first or second round, and he didn't get drafted. He got he signed with San Francisco as a free agent. Wow. Yeah. Well. yeah. But as it goes we to show you, right? You know, the first you know, round, we, we were just, any of these teams board looks like, you know? Yeah, no, because you know what? We're watching guys who get paid to talk about a draft as opposed to the people who get paid to really do it, who are scouting. <laughs> you know, so just because somebody doesn't go where a mock shows them, that doesn't mean – they're wrong. You know what I mean? Those guys probably have a better opinion of these players than fucking Mel Kuyper. But as we were watching the first round, me and Pete, like, we were happy the quarterbacks were getting selected just so we didn't have to hear about them the rest of the way. Because, you know, they're still out there. Oh, who, you know, oh, well, so-and-so take them. Well, this one take them. It's like, all right, guys, there's, you know, there's other players out there besides quarterbacks. Yeah, but you know what, I had to watch a homer like Rich Eisen talk about for two days how the Jets needed a fucking quarterback. I can't. Right. Someone should someone should have dragged Rich Eisman and locked him in the friggin' bathroom because, really, he brings nothing. He brings absolutely they nothing. They love to the quarterback. Is the you know is, is the high profile position. They're always going to talk about it. That's just the nature. But it happens every year. The the only year that I recall where a player was talked about more than a quarterback to the point oh, that it was actually you. sickening was Reggie Bush. The year, the Reggie Bush draft. Oh yeah. yeah. They, you remember? Oh, Tony oh my Mandrich. God. You remember Tony Mandrich? He was talked about. Yeah, but you know what? He he was. But the draft wasn't as big as big as it is now, as far as you know the coverage and you know you, you didn't have NFL Network back then and mock drafts on the internet and you, you know what I mean? Where now, like Reggie Bush, man, I remember like enough with this fuck. They won't shut up with this guy. Yeah, there's always we a couple all, you know, of those guys. He had a nice year, career, right? but he was never what they, they anticipated. And he came out, and what's impressive about that, Reggie Bush came out a year where there was quarterbacks in draft. Remember, Vince Young was coming off, you know, one of the best college games ever. You know, you had Cutler. You had – who else was in that draft? I'm missing another quarterback. There was another quarterback in that draft, another big name. Well, he didn't really turn. But oh, Linus. Linus in that draft. Yes, there you go. Linus. So here's a draft with all these quarterbacks, and they would just they wouldn't shut the hell up about Reggie Bush. I got to them talk about Vince Young. Hey Pete, what's Pete, up, bro? Magic Mike, Magic Mike just sent a message. He says, uh, "What what what, you, what do you think of uh, Mason Rudolph?" Mason Rudolph. Yeah. 
I don't have him on the on the Buffalo uh, radar. Yeah, I don't either. Actually, I'm I'm looking for him too. Mike, maybe he was an unsigned, uh, undrafted. Maybe he was an undrafted free agent. Well, maybe he got the name. Maybe he spelled the name wrong. But well, maybe he was an undrafted. No, I don't. Free I don't agent. have Could have been. No. Yeah, I'm not sure, Mike. We can't answer that one for you. But uh, yeah, so another draft in the book, and uh, you know, I'm sure next week we'll, we'll we'll talk some more about this and stuff. But uh, you know, I definitely want to thank you guys for calling in today and, and uh, doing this as always. Always yeah, great no to have you guys. You know, you guys give me analysis and your opinion. It's always uh, always great. Yeah, can't wait for the next draft. Oh, he's talking about the guy he's still in college. He's an Oklahoma State guy. Oh, he's the, the, uh, the quarterback. Yeah, he's he's all right. He's, he's, he's another he's another one of those guys that has a shot that we're gonna hear something about the the Oklahoma State guy. Yeah, yeah, he's another guy that we're gonna hear about. But uh, I don't think he's with the pedigree of uh, the the Rosens and the you know and the Donalds, you know, and the Wyoming kid. And there's a guy at Arizona. You know, you know, we'll, we'll get into all that. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll go over uh, that beautiful uh, draft for that year. I can't wait. I already miss seeing Mike May- Mayock's best available. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm going to miss all those guys, DJ and Bucky. And... I just sick with Bucky. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be analyzing, so. <laughs> oh, right now they're, they're somewhere. They're somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And they... You know. Right now they're all putting their they're putting their marks together for next year already. Man. So right now they're watching some fourteen year old throw football around, see it's getting out of the recruiting. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, all right, guys. All right, right Thank you later. Thanks later, as man. always. Great job, guys. I'll speak to you guys later. next week. You later. got it. TDV and Doodoo Brown doing a great job as always, analyzing the football draft. Covered a lot of stuff, a lot of football today. I mean, we went over most of the team, just about every team. We went through the first round. We did a grade. We thought who was good and who was bad. Next year, next week, maybe we'll go through each team individually and do a grade to each team, as, as you know, for every team. So, you know, we just wanted to cover the basis of it today. So I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and then I'm going to come back and take a few phone calls. Probably going to go only to seven today around 7 o'clock today. So we're going to take a commercial and then come back and take your phone calls. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detectives' quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from Holmes. 
For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause www.caseyscalls.com Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. Been a good show so far. A lot of football. Gonna switch a little. Talk about some other thing. Uh, obviously, uh, just now, Utah has eliminated uh, the Clippers in Game Seven. So Utah advances to 104-91 in Game Seven. And uh, you know, so you know, a big uh, loss for the Clippers at home in Game Seven. Now, obviously, Paul and Griffin are free agents, so. But the questions begin, although it sounds like Paul's definitely going back, and it sounds like Griffin's going to go back. But who knows if they have a change of heart there with Griffin, but, uh, or they could sign and trade him possibly. But, Paul, you know, I expect I would fully expect Paul to be back for sure. You know, so we'll see what happens there. But, uh, all right, so now just taking a quick look at uh, – the NBA playoff brackets here. So now you have – so now you're looking, obviously, Boston up one nothing on Washington. Cleveland, Toronto starts tomorrow. Now Gold, Utah comes, gets a, a date with Golden State now, which will start Tuesday night. And then tomorrow, Houston and San Antonio. So you got some good uh, some good matchups there. I mean, does anybody think, really think it's not going to be Golden State and Cleveland? Because I'm having a hard time – you know, thinking it could be anything but. But we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. I personally hope not. I really don't want to see it for a third straight year. I mean, it's a great competition, a great series. But we really want to see the same the same teams play. As the when I was on before, the Mets got pounded. Obviously, twenty three to five. And they had Ploiecki in pitching at the end of the game. And obviously, the Syndergaard news. You heard me tear the Mets apart earlier. 
you know, the doctors and the team, the front office, they, it, there's a big problem there. You cannot lose your best hitter and your best pitcher when they were both hurt and put them on the field. I mean, you just can't do it. So the Mets got to hold their breath for this MRI, and that's for sure. Uh, a little hockey. Uh, obviously, the Rangers tough loss yesterday. I'm gonna hit. Uh, I'm gonna talk some Rangers for a couple of minutes, right? You know, a little while now. So obviously, yesterday was just a crushing, crushing defeat as the Rangers fall behind two games to nothing now. And uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the phone lines now. Jeff from Long Island, what's going on? What's up, buddy? How you doing? What's going on? Doing good. How you doing? Uh, I'm better today. I'm recovering from that loss yesterday. I used to have blinds on my window. Now they're all tore off and beat to crap. Oh, man. I mean, it's up to, to get more brutal than that, Jeff. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen in, in my entire life. I mean, they it mean, was two, just how, how do you not have Brady Shea out there at the end? It's a, you know, no Brady you're Shea. Up four two. You're up four two going into the third, right? I mean, and then you make it four three. You go up five three. You feel you mean? I mean, it's three nineteen left. Three nineteen, and they give up the goal to Padu, makes the five four, and then he scores again and ties it with a minute and two seconds, and then obviously the double overtime. You know, winner to, he gets the hat trick and the double overtime winner, which you know, I, I, it's, it's to me, it's all on the defense. I don't. Longquist has been standing on his head most of the playoffs here, you know? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the first goal he gave up was terrible, but the other ones were, were none of his fault. I mean, deflections, uh, you can't really say anything about that. Uh, uh, that. Oh, my God, it's just – you're up 319 to go. They had a two-goal lead three different times, and you can't put them away. There, a lot of people blaming Vigneault uh, for not having uh, Brandon Shea out there, who's – Scored two goals, played great defense at the end, uh, and they didn't have him out at the end. I don't know. What do you think? Should have had him out there? I I think he should have been out there. I, 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 you know, listen, it looked like they had this game. I mean, every time Otto was scored, the Rangers answered, it seemed like, right? I mean, every time it was, you know, one one, one nothing, one one, two one, three one, three two, four two, four three, five three. Every single time they answered, but then that that last three minutes, it was just like, what the hell just happened? You know, couldn't it's believe fun, it. Like I said, it's frustrating. I was sitting in with my jaw dropped. Now, uh, usually I would say series over. Um, I'm not watching any of the game. I'm so pissed. But uh, we are definitely a better team than Ottawa, and uh, I think we could still win it. Uh, I'm going to say in seven. But what do you think? You think they got a shot still? Oh yeah, I, yeah. I think they got a shot. I mean, listen, they come home now. Obviously, they put themselves in a spot now where they have to win these two at home. You can't fall behind three-one and go no. and two of the last three in Ottawa. So they put themselves in a spot now where they have to win these two games. You know, there's no yes. way around it. I mean, you're gonna have a rowdy crowd. You have a great crowd. You know, but the frustrating part is, I mean, to not get one in Ottawa that they could have won both games. To at least not uh, get yep. one. Is, is really frustrating, and and like you said, that's how you lose blinds on your window, and that's you know, that's how things happen <laughs> like that. You know? I just fixed these I'm, things. I'm sure too. there was a few beers down. I'm sure, I'm sure you were down a few beers at that point too. 
Uh, yeah, I was you down know? a few beers. I actually kept a couple Crown Royales and ginger ale. I was uh, switching up a little bit. Uh, oh, my <laughs> God. I just fixed these blinds, too, and now they're broke again. What the? Well, don't fix them before the rest of the playoffs. Wait for the playoffs to end. I <laughs> know. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> And then my, my Yankees blew it today. They made a great comeback again, and then they blew it. Yeah, I was watching that. They tied it with two out in the ninth, right? Didi hit a two-run single or something. With, and then, yep. obviously, in the tenth inning, they had the bases loaded, too, and they didn't with get one to out. Really run it. With, with one seven out? out, and they can't drive them. With well, only one out, one out I, they had when I, when I they had it on, second and third. Two out. Oh, uh, yeah, they had one out. Castro hit a... a Cheap little grounder. He got him out. Great play at the plate. But they had they left like 15 runners on base. They had second and third no outs earlier. Didn't score one run. Bases loaded one. Yeah, so many times. It's, they didn't deserve to win that game. But o- o- overall, you got to be happy, right? I mean, with the season. Oh, absolutely. Right yeah. Absolutely. Never no, would have thought this. You know, somebody would have told you they'd be in first place right now. You wouldn't think, you know. So Not a it, chance. It definitely – Especially with Sanchez on the DL, Edie was out for a while. They're getting great pitching, uh, you know. That's right. You know, it's unbelievable pitching. And then on the other end, yeah, you got the Mets. They're losing all their top players to injuries because they don't know how to handle an injury. It's like really sad. Uh, like I it's can't crazy. Believe it. I how can't believe it's in the guard again. How they pitch? Why would you pitch him today? It was made no sense for this guy to pitch today. And then the other day, not, not one the, bit. Guy, the guy grabbing his hamstring in batting practice. What, a, what the hell would you put him on the field in the game for? I know. It's the first uh, three weeks of the year. Come on. Yeah. This is the Mets. This is Mets baseball. That's what it is. It's crazy. It really uh, is. Yeah. But like you said, it's only, it's still the end of April yet. I mean, we got a whole five months of baseball still to play. So. Exactly. You know, my, fa- my fantasy lose, team's you know, killing them right you now. You lose best for a long period of time, and Syndergaard, you're in a lot of trouble. I mean, you can't lose your best hitter yeah. and your best pitcher. That is you for know. sure. Especially when you don't have a great hitting team as is, you know? So, exactly. You know. And I'll tell so you another thing. Like football team, dude. To- yeah, you, you were mixed on the field today. You know, we lost. We were actually a team, you know, they – they, they had no depth to start the game, so we, we, you know, we jumped out on them early, 12-7, and then a couple of ringers pulled up in the cars, and then, you know, they, they they had to run routes that team. They were getting open. I mean, deep, they were hitting some nice deep plays. I mean, you know, I'm, we were out there battling, you know, but it was just, uh, you know, just, we couldn't, you know, we had a couple, we could add a couple more touchdowns. We kind of missed out, you know, we, we kind of stalled on a couple of drives that we had and stuff, too, you know. Okay. So, you know what it is, too? Like, a lot of these teams have been playing with each other for a long time, you know, years. You know, exactly. we're just the first year to teams together. We haven't had many practice reps together. So, you yeah, know, we're we learning on the fly here, you know. Uh, I was hoping when we come we out of the gate at least uh, one-on-one. Now in the next two weeks, we got the, the, the defending Super Bowl champs of the league in the next two weeks. Are you serious? Yeah. So um, we, we could be digging digging ourselves a hole here. So we have to – next week's the game, we have to try to get out there and get, you know. Listen, uh, I'm definitely going to be there. Maybe I'll go uh, 25 for 25 with seven TDs. You never know. Listen, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
any team is better with a Jeff Janis on it. That's all I can oh, say. Oh, you know? hey, thank you so much. Oh, you know? that means a lot, buddy. I uh, miss you guys. But I'll definitely be there yeah, next no, you week. And, uh, we, we, figured, we figured after the Ranger game we weren't going to see you, though, today. We, we kind of figured that's that That's exactly one. what Keith said. <laughs> yeah. So you know, after the Ranger game, that was funny, it, buddy. And, uh, what I do you think of the Giants? I'm in a really good draft? mood. Oh, I don't know. You like, uh, what do you What do you think? I think uh, I think I think they did pretty good. No, what do you think? Yeah, well, I think you know a lot of people ain't you know they're not as high on their draft. You know, not you know their first round pick. He, you know, Ingram. He's a good, you know, very good player, good offensive player. But did they really need? He's more of a wide receiver. Did they really yeah. need that? I mean, when you got Beckham, Marshall, and Shepard already. To me, I thought they should have went either O-line, but there wasn't any great offensive linemen, right? Exactly, exactly. Or or they should have went, you know, possibly defense, like a linebacker. Like, have a good defense, but their linebacking core ain't that strong, right? So I was hoping the guy from Florida was there, but he went two picks before that. But I wonder if they were going to pick him. What's his name from Florida? Jared, Jared Davis, yeah. Yes, that's who I wanted him yeah. to get. You know, you knew you yeah, you knew they wouldn't go near a guy like Foster because the Giants don't go after guys like that. You know, like no, trouble guys. Not. But there was a couple other guys. But listen, you got to trust your team, right? And, and uh, you yeah, know, and hope for the best. That defensive tackle and Reese we trust is, is pretty good. That's you, you got to you know Reese we trust. <laughs> And they and they traced they you know drafted that quarterback Webb who could be eventually Manning's replacement they're hoping down in a few years you know so yeah I mean you never know he looks pretty good I actually kind of like the first first I didn't like the first round pick but the more I read on the guy you know more weapons for Eli and then they got uh, uh, Red Ellison who's going to be a, more of a blocking yeah. end and and he could do yeah, pullback and all that guy, stuff yeah. so so I kind of like it I just think you know for them. Especially if you're gonna get a tight end, you gotta get another block. Like he's not that the one thing he's not is a blocker, Ingram. He's not a good blocker. Not at all. At all. Not so at all. So he's gonna line up as a receiver, which he said yesterday he thinks he's even more of a receiver. If that's the case, then it's kinda of like now you got four receivers. Like is it really you know although Marshall's probably only here for one year, they could get rid of him after this year if they want. Yeah, know, that's true. So, I guess, yeah, I guess that's, what that's what they're probably thinking, you know. So you just we'll got to hope for the best, and that's it. That's all you can do. We'll see what happens, and, you know, hopefully we get a range of victory in game three here. Oh, well, oh, my God. I I work till 8. I'm, I usually would leave early. I, I don't even care. Let the first period happen. I don't want to see it. <laughs> they better be winning when I get home. Yeah, and, and who knows? Who knows? Uh, what could break in the Janice house, you know, if they lose the next game, you know? <laughs> we could be talking, to, we could be minus the TV at that point, you know? Uh, oh, it's been close. <laughs> I, I definitely minus a few remotes. That's for damn sure. Yeah, without a doubt. That, that, that's the easiest thing to break is a remote, you know? <laughs> and I got a brick fire pit, so I fire that right off the bricks. <laughs> next thing you know, there's batteries everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Batteries and plastic pieces all over the place. And these things, and these uh, things, they fall right out. Like these remotes now are really shitty, man. Okay, oh, big time. As soon as they hit the ground, the batteries fly out. 
It's like crazy. Can you imagine me firing a uh, I don't know how many mile per hour fastball at the at the bricks? That thing shatters. <laughs> Just shattered. You'll be finding pieces in like three months, still, you know, on the floor. <laughs> oh, oh, buddy, what so time does your show go till? I love the show, by the way. I love it. Thank you, thank you. I'm going to seven today, and then uh, you know next week I'll be back at the normal Saturday morning slot. I figure this week. We had so much going on with all the base travel, baseball and stuff, and yesterday was pitcher day, and I, I figured it also makes sense to do it like late in the day Sunday because now the draft's over, and you can really hit the yeah. NFL draft fully, you know? So Exactly, and I'm, a, I'm awake week, too. Saturday mornings, I'm drunk. I'm, I'm hungover. And next week, we're going to have uh, uh, the hockey, uh, Mr. Berger on, too, talking about the Rangers, so hopefully we're still alive oh, yeah? next week. Oh, that's yeah. Be hopefully, good. We're still I, alive. I, I'm telling you, I wish I, uh, I wish I could get up that early, but I'm usually hung over Saturday morning, so uh, it's tough for me, buddy. Otherwise, I'd call in a he lot was, more. Well, he lives in California, so he usually calls after twelve o'clock our time. So well, I can think I can do that. So maybe like you, yeah, if you get up around twelve thirty, I'll call in if you want to talk some hockey with him. He knows a lot. You know, he's oh, good with hockey. You know, that's great. He's a guru. Hopefully, it'll be uh, two two at that point. Yeah, yeah, we no, totally hope that. I'm, I'm yes, watching highlights yes, right too, now. It's so and we're beating the Rangers right now. So oh, it looks like God, I need to see I it again. Watch that. I can't watch Sports Center for three days. Yeah. Well, Sports. It's I can't it's... even watch Sports Center anyway. It's so bad at this point. Oh, that the Sports Hawks are out, right, buddy? That six, that, that six o'clock show is like the worst show I ever seen in my life. Oh, it, the Van Pelt show is horrible too. Yeah. The only thing that, oh, you know, even worth watching on there is the first take, and just because he, Smith not oh, he just goes yeah. on his rampages, you know? Oh, those, there's it, so many terrible shows on there right now. You used to be the, we'll used to be the best. Then. You can watch ESPN all day long, but not anymore, man. It used to be the best. Yeah. But now you know what it is? There's so many other things now. You know, networks and stuff, you don't even need them. You know, like there's NHL networks. Yeah, you're right. The MLB network, there's NFL network. You don't even need SportsCenter anymore for highlights. You could go you're there. Right. And those stations give you live look-ins, like while the games are going on. You know, so that that's cool, too. Exactly. And you can always call your show, get all the information you need. So that's it. There you go. That's well, it. Jeff, let me tell you, it's a pleasure to have you on, as always. And, uh, you know, Great definitely you, uh, try to give me a call next week if you're free, and we'll talk some more hockey. Hopefully, we'll be talking some good, you know, some happy oh, hockey. I hope. You know? Oh, one can only hope. And I'll see you next week at the game. Love the show. Yeah, good luck with it. And uh, see you next week, buddy. Definitely, man. Have a good one. Thanks for Take calling. care, buddy. You too. You're welcome. Bye. Take care. Bye. Jeff from Long Island. Great call. Talking Rangers, Giants. Some Yankees, Matt, good, uh, always great to talk to Jeff. Good guy. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, he sparks us in flag football next week when he comes as well. So looking forward to that. You know, like I said before, you're a better team when you have Jeff Janis on on the sidelines, which uh, there's no doubt about it. So, all right, now about 15 minutes or so left in the show. And uh, we're going to take a couple more callers right now. I got a. Uh, I know I got some angry, and I'm, I'm talking angry Mets fans here. 
So we're going to deceive it. We're so angry, we're not even going to play the song tonight because we're just going to get right. We're just going to get right. We're just going to get right to the point today. That's how angry it is today in Metland. What's up, guys? Hey, how's it going? Hi, how you doing, doing Mr. Mojo? What's up, Padman? Hey, Padman. Padman and Alan are on. So, I mean, does it get any worse, guys? That, that's... Well, go ahead, Padman. You know, admittingly, I didn't see any of the game today, so I, I, it's hard to comment. I, I uh, you know, I obviously heard a little bit and... and you know, uh, a little bit of a recap and all of that. I mean, look, the, the the thing you take out of this one is really Syndergaard. I mean, on one hand, the Met doctors are probably the worst doctors. I'm not even talking about in baseball or sports. Maybe, maybe ever. They misdiagnose people all the time. Um, you know, they they they, you know, they the, the timetables for for returning all off, and it's not just this year. It's been this way for 15 years, maybe more. You know, however, refusing an MRI, that's a little, I don't know. You know, you, know, you, you shouldn't be able to do that. I mean, we like to see, believe these guys are individuals, but really what they are, they're, you know, you work for that organization. That organization saying the best thing for the organization is getting an MRI. You probably should get one. I don't know. Yeah, first of all, I've never seen more players just, just declined to take an MRI. And on top of that, then they pitch him. I mean, this, remember we were talking yesterday? I said they got, I would never pitch him tomorrow, right? Well, what I would have done if I were you, if I, exactly. I would have, now, now you might piss him off or whatever you want to do, but I would say, look, you, you know, you have a choice. It's your body. You don't want an MRI, that's fine. But then our choice is you're not pitching until you get one. Get the start, right? What? Yeah. Get the start. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that, that, that's what the hard line I would have taken as, as an organization. You know, if you refuse, if, if our doctors, no matter how bad they are, they're saying, you know, th- their recommendation is you should take an MRI, you should. Now, I think we were actually pretty lucky to win two out of three this weekend as well. Yeah, no, we're you definitely know. lucky. And I don't even care about. Listen, you lose three to one, or you lose twenty three to five. To me, it really don't matter. Oh, the, the the loss today is a loss. It doesn't even bother me so much that the, you know score wise. I mean, the whole thing that bothers I mean, me you know, is Kevin Pawlenty was pitching that last inning when he, he gave up like four home runs. And that actually, that's actually is a good move. I mean, to me, that's fun. Why would you waste anybody in a game like that? The game was was over a long time ago. The crazy thing is, it was <sighs> six five. It was six five in the third inning that game. But well, look, look. We listen, know if Syndergaard is pitching an inning, you know, you know, what my issue is it's it's with the Mets doctors, the Mets front office, and I, you know, not only the Syndergaard thing today obviously was bad. They're lucky if it's only a lat because the lat he'll be out a few weeks, but it's not his elbow, so they're lucky there. But with the Mets, they could be saying lat now and tomorrow it could be his elbow. Who the hell knows? But the fact that they hit him with foot, the session is on Thursday, too. I mean, the guy was grabbing his leg in batting practice. How the fuck do you put him, excuse my language, but how do you put this guy on the field? Well, once right, again, but, 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 but I tell you the truth. I hold that in two ways. I think you're absolutely right. How do you put him on the field? But also the player has some accountability, too. 
I mean, you have to know yeah. in your own body. But a play is going to tell you you don't want to play, though. A play is but, not going to tell you. No, no, but, 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 but wait a second. How many times have guys signaled for the trainer because something happened and us as fans are looking at him saying, what the hell went on? Another hangnail? What went on? We don't see anything. And then he comes out and all of a sudden there's a blister. Or something goes on and they do call for the trainer. So I think you're wrong on that. Players do raise their hand at times, right? Very so, rarely. But, but I, don't know if it's that, I don't know if it's that rarely. Yeah, I, no, I would say that that's rarely too because that's usually in-game, like for what you're saying. A blister on the finger, they just fell, they slid a base, they look hurt. It's usually an in-game thing where they know the coaches just saw what happened and they're trying to give them notice of it. This is how I don't you know, feel. I, I think, I think, they're trying I think to play players, hero. I agree with you. This players like should have some accountability. You're like, how do, you, how do you feel? He's going to just say, I'm fine, I'm, I'm good. I, I still think players should have some accountability. I think they do. I think they should. I mean, if Cespedes felt a tweak or a twinge or whatever, right? I mean, he, he, common sense. He just was coming off a, you know, common sense says, you know, I need a couple of more days. I mean, see, I don't know. I, I think we're not in a common sense. We don't know. Common sense for who? Yes, star and best offensive player is coming in the second, holding his hamstring, right? You're saying in the warm-ups or the practice. You know he's had a kind of a lingering thing going on. You're not seeing him slide in the second base. As a coaching staff, you're also supposed to protect your players. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, not disagreeing. I'm just. I'm disagreeing. Yeah. The, play, the coaching staff and the and 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 the training staff has to be aware of what's going on. I completely agree with the you. Trainers the only especially. point. The only point I'm trying to make is the players know their body pretty well, and they should well, be we, able we to say. They they should right. be able to say, look, I have a problem. I can't go today. It, I think it does happen more often than you think. It just happens in the closed doors of the clubhouse, and we don't know. We don't see that. Yeah, yeah I, I'd agree with that. But when a player is saying, I think I can go, and you're watching him hold his hamstring, you should be saying, okay, that's nice, but you're not going tonight. Oh, like, like look, the, it's, the it's all – And, 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 and to, me, to, me, to me, that's not – it starts with Alderson down to Collins, down to the, to the, to the, you know, whoever was. Look, I'll give you this one too. The other players that were standing around watching this should have said something. Look, this is the management decision. The bottom line is, if the I'm at work and I'm holding decision. my, if I'm at, if I'm at work and I'm holding my head, Hector says to me. Steve, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. And I continue to hold my head, okay? And maybe I can't stand up and I look really bad. I think it's his responsibility to go to somebody and say, look, I think Steve needs some, some kind of medical attention here. I mean, the players that were standing around <laughs> watching him swing and hold his hamstring, you have to have some accountability. This is any player, not a star player. This guy's in there grabbing his hamstring that has – had in the past hamstring problems. You think you'd turn and say, geez, that might not look too good. Tespitus, are you okay? Everything going on okay? I well, mean, they probably did. Everybody says yes. you got to see that he's not. But, and but in the, the end, and then, the coaching staff's response, and, then, and then maybe, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying there's accountability for a mistake like that from Cespedes to the players that were watching him to the coaching staff to the medical Personnel all the way up the chain. I mean, we gotta know. 
Who gets the final say? The one that blew it. I don't know. Tell well, me. Collins, Collins and all coaching get the final say. That's Collins. That's absolutely him. He makes the lineup. He views what he views, and he makes that. the call. Did Collins know about well, that during the They week? were all standing around the batting cage, Padman. That's the thing. All the sins, Collins, know, but, they were all but, around him while he was tapping it. They oh, seen so it. They looked there. At it. If he was there, then he's absolutely. To me, that's a fireable offense. If, if, if I didn't see, I didn't see the video, so I can't comment on it. But if he was there and he let that happen, then, then you know, well, he's he, he pretty much on ground You know, right after this happens with Cespedes, it makes the Syndergaard thing more puzzling. Right? It, it's like, can't well, get this he, right? Why would, he why would, he, why would he refuse? Why would he refuse an MRI? That's my question. Twenty-something years old, he thinks you know he's invincible. He's young. The he's saying he knows his, his body. He knows his body. And, right. You know, he can also be like, nice, he can also be like I don't want them. I don't want their doctors touching me. You know, I can't blame them for that either. Then get your own. You know, he, if he would have gone six, seven innings and left a little sore, that's one thing. But if you saw when he came out of the game, you know, two. I didn't see any of the first. He gave him five runs in the first. He threw one pitch. He held his side or his elbow or his side. He threw another pitch, and he was done. And the second looked pretty bad. The whole game looked bad. I didn't yeah. see Well, that same thing last year side. happened. This same thing happened to Johnny Cueto. If it, if it is a lat, <clears throat> and then he tried to come back too soon, and he got re-injured, and then he was out a month. So the mess got to be look, really with all injuries yeah. With injuries and all these bad personnel moves and everything, this might all equate to. This might equate to at the end of the year we'll be a third place team. You know, it's look. Hey, by the end of the year, we only, might be twenty-five games out of first. So that's the third. Well, how about well, they're in last place last. right now. Time in, they're in last place right now. Last, <laughs> and they belong there. So right, you know how it's you know, they, they belong there. Yeah, it's the same as the it almost, almost looked like a turning point. You come in, Darno has a career day. DeGrom strikes out 12. We haven't talked about it yet. Collins made that uh, judgment call and pulling out Familia in the first game at the Nats. Goes with Edgin. He gets a double play ball. Mets win. Like, I know. We had a lot of conversation around that. We all disagreed on that one, I know. Yeah, yeah. Totally gutsy call on, on Collins. And, you know, when it works, it works. You, you know, whether he should have left If it doesn't, you're a fool. I understand. If it doesn't, you're a fool. Right. Next day, familiar pitches, lights out, you know, for one, two, three. Gets gets through the ninth inning. So it didn't look like it mentally hurt him. But we've got to see next time he gets men on base. If he's looking over his shoulder, um, if he might get pulled or not. But everything seems to be turning a corner. They played good baseball for two games. And like 1-0 or 23-5, to the difference is 23-5 to was humiliating for this ball club if you watch the game. Any bit of momentum they had got slapped in their face today. 2-0, yeah, 3-1. Any other close one game. would have been okay. You still won the series. This, they have to leave this feeling like they did not win the series. But the big picture is they did, and it doesn't really matter. I mean, they're mature enough. If you know, get, if they are, get over it. I mean, to me, you know, you'd look. 
and I can only equate to what what happens in in my life, and I equate to you know some you know I coach basketball, so some basketball games we get murdered. Just just it's not even a game after after five minutes, and you, and you see the body language of the kids, you see the body language of the other kid team, and and then the next day you come out, and you know sometimes it affects you, sometimes it doesn't. And these are you know young ladies. I mean, you're a professional baseball player. You would hope it doesn't carry over. We have some positive things over the weekend. Conforto looks like a stud. He should never sit down, ever, ever. He should be playing every well, I, I inning agree every with game that. as long as he's healthy. Okay, Reyes is. You know, that's, to, that's another reason when Cespedes looked hurt <clears throat> to just rest him and play Conforto. You know, and 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 Reyes is starting to. to I don't know what he did today, but he's starting to play a little bit. Bruce is continuing to be. Today. Bruce yeah. is continuing to be an offensive, uh, 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 you know, player that we know he can be. I mean, there's some positives here this weekend. I mean, in reality, I mean, the, the biggest thing I could see is, uh, if, you know, if you want to try to get a little positive, is um, Familia um, is back on track. At least he got his, you know, one, two, three inning. I think it was a gutsy right. call on Friday night. They could have at least lost, you know, two out of three. And the hitting is starting to come around. Even today, what they score four or five runs? Five runs today. Five runs. They're constantly the giving other... up five runs for a pitching staff that I think we were expecting. I understand that, but I think I think what we were talking about just a week ago was you know, we know the pitching staff is what it is, and they'll come around and they'll do what they need to do, but we're really concerned with the hitting, right? Not, not even a week ago. It was about five days ago we were screaming about that. So what I'm saying is now the hitting is coming around a little bit. It is. I mean, a, a couple of days ago we were, you know, four out of the eight, <clears throat> eight regular positions we were, we were dumping for other people. I mean, yeah, you know, but I'm how- just – how long is it going to last? The Mets, they'll hit for a few games, and then they won't hit for uh, two weeks. I mean, that's how they are. Now they're for a long time. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to question some hope. How Grandison, how Grandison's even still playing is the army. I mean, the guy is You know horrible. what, though? You know what, though? In all, in all fairness, Mojo, you know what about Grandison, though? Not this season, but the last two seasons, we've said that about this guy in April and May. Every time calling for his head when he was 34 years old and 35 years old, now he's 36, and we're saying the same yeah, thing so over and over. Yeah, eventually you're not going to be able to do it anymore. And you know, he said, "No, what I'm saying is, I mean, what I'm saying is, enough is enough." To me, yeah. after last year, even though he had a fantastic August and September, um, you had a cut date. He shouldn't be on the team at this point. He shouldn't have been. They should. He, he shouldn't be on the team. They should have. You know, lowered his is asking. Well, price. he's a guy with a career horrible April. Even you know, when he was younger, younger. You know, <laughs> career horrible it's, it's, April. Yeah, but yeah, but it's such a horrible April that even when he's good at the end of the season, his cumulative stats aren't that good. Look, last year he almost won the award for most home runs, least RBIs ever in history. Yeah, I, I just mean, listened so, to so, that. Doesn't that tell you there's nobody on base? That's not. Just listen to this. Whether they people are starting to hit a little better or not, just listen to this. Reyes is hitting one seventy four. Walker is, is is doing horrible too. He's hitting one ninety five. Granderson one twenty eight. I mean, 
I've never seen a team with starting players hitting so many starting guys hitting under 200 in my life. Yeah, you did. Probably and then you look at the bullpen, seven ERA. Smokers has got a six seven five ERA. I mean, Ploiecki even has an 18 ERA now. <laughs> well, as crazy well, here, as it here, is. Here, here's, here, here's my question. Here's my challenge, right? Do you think this is something that those guys aren't career seven ERA guys? Are they gonna, you know, do you believe that at some point they will turn it around? Or do you believe that this is what they are? How do we know that? Smoker and Salas are okay, but he's never been great. And Smoker, we don't have no idea what Smoker is. No, but no, but this could just be a badly put together team. I'm not making a statement. I'm saying I'm asking a question. I mean, if we think this is who they are, then we're getting for a really long season. It's about the first that, that so you, could go either way. They could finish okay or they could finish terrible. Right now, they haven't shown any signs of life. Oh, and maybe with Melia coming back and everyone kind of going into their normal roles will help over, over the month of May. But the way they're oh, going right familiar, now, I think familiar being familiar is going to help out a tremendous amount. No, he is. Familiar. Because he pushes Reed back an inning and everyone back an inning more into roles that they did better at last year compared to this year. And it gives people a little bit of a rest, too. We have one of the most used bullpens in baseball, don't we? One of the what? Most used bullpens. Like, our bullpen guys have more innings than other teams do. Uh, You know, we we have we come in with what we're seeing is the best rotation in baseball. Match goes down. Wheeler can't seem to get past five or six innings, pitch count or not. The Grom and Syndergaard, maybe now they're starting to get past seven, maybe. You know, it's, yeah, it's not that, like isn't that typical. Isn't that typical for a Terry Collins team, though? I mean, last year we seen it. The year before that, he uses his bullpen to death. So there's a lot of managers. But that, and then the other day, you don't. The other day, you don't tell Harvey he's pitching till ten in the morning. I mean, what the hell is going on here? Well, I mean, I mean. Look, you know, obviously, he did his morning workout. I mean, April 30th, April 30th, or whatever, I think, not April, yeah, April 30th, and we're looking down the barrel of a, maybe a, a really horrendous season, no doubt about it. And it's all this well, May, May's going to make or break season. him, right? What? So if they, May will yeah. make or break him. If they have another month in May, like that in April, they're done. Yeah, exactly. Well, to me, in April, in April, they have to come out at least – Five, you know, they have to, you know, unfortunately, it's hard to say, but they have to get the, you know, above 500, three or four games, or it's over. They yeah. have to go on and no, right. That's what has to happen here. I don't know if they're capable with all their injuries. I really don't. You know, injuries, I think and able hitting, to start to run away with it. I think they're hitting, you know, they, they do have the ability to carry the pitching for a while. They do. They have pretty, if you look it up and down the lineup, and, and what, what what we feel the potential is, right? So Reyes is hitting what? I mean, if he gets, you know, his potential, let's say his potential is 260, he has to hit pretty well to get back to 260, right? You know, if you look at Neil Walker to get back to his potential, he has to hit pretty well to get back to his potential at this point, right? So yeah, well, it's almost like for April, they all turned into Granderson. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying is they all turn around and they, and they, and they play the way, you know, the, the, the career averages dictate. We could have a pretty good May. We could have fun May. We could, if the pitching holds off, holds holds up a, just a bit. 
I, look, I don't know the answer here. I really don't. I'm pretty frustrated and, and angry. But I do think, you know, you, you could take, you know, you know, shelve Syndergaard's disaster of him not getting the MRI and coming out today and throwing a butkus. But overall, you have to be positive about two wins this weekend where it could have been, we could have been swept in ten and a half games out very easily. Well, let's think of this too. Can this offense carry minus Cespedes? Right, he's on the well, yeah, that's, that's the thing. I, I don't think weeks. it happens. Yeah, here's the question. I, I, I don't know about that, but I tell you, I don't think we've seen the best of Conforto yet, and I think that guy's just dynamite, and 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 I think he could. You know, he he's a really good well, he might player. Be the only one hitting three hundred, right? Well, I think yeah. Bruce is probably pretty close to that too, to tell you the truth. And that's way he's above like two, yeah, he's like two eighty yeah. Yeah, so he's probably up there too. You know, so so yeah, look, I'm, I'm just saying it's not you know to me it's just very disappointing and then how they're handling these injuries that we've been talking about this for a while. Well it's the, just, the, the, you know you can't put well, your but, best pitcher and, and your best hitter at risk like that. You just can't. You can't do it. I completely and that's all agree. on the management. That's all on management, the, the front office, the doctors. How these doctors still have a job, I, that's the most mind-boggling thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think they must, must have dirty pitches of Sandy or something. <laughs> something just incredible is going on with the doctors. You I mean, know, it, you know, I, I, I kind of think what Steve was – talking about before, it, it's great and it makes it easy for the staff when a player says, like what David Wright's been doing, I can't go. That that makes it very easy. And and uh, there's a difference on how you got to treat good players on the team and your best pitcher and your best hitter on the team. And you could kind of expect them to say they can go if they can walk. You know, if, if Syndergaard can move his arm, I think you can kind of expect them to say and go. And if Cespedes can get up to the plate, I think he's going to say he can go. So I do think in their case, it's really much more up to the training staff, Collins, every coach on that team who sees them holding, who sees – didn't Syndergaard just have a tight bicep problem too, right, Mr. Stark? And now yep. a lat. You know, and, and I hate to say this, that was the lat tight, is the bicep tight? They said he came in from camp, you know, pretty muscled up. Is that coming up as part of the problem? He needs to be a little more limber than muscular? I don't know. I mean, you know, also what happens too, I think when something goes wrong, everybody's pointing fingers, you know, because you want a reason why. I mean, people get lap poles without ever lifting a weight in their lives, right? People get bicep strains from throwing a ball 96 miles an hour. You know, I don't know. I understand what you're saying, but I I, I don't know. It's a know. tough one, but as an organization or the coaching staff, these are two players the most I'd want to protect. You know, and the fans well, say, well, I'm going to because you, you, we need them long-term, not for a start. I also think, too, and this might be a wrong way to think, and I think it's absolutely the wrong way to think, but maybe their thinking is because of the position we're in now and how we're playing now and the pressure being put on them, maybe they're making silly decisions about their players. I think, really they did. I think they wanted to sweep the Nationals. Ross was pitching. He has a 6 ERA. Let him play against Syndergaard. And we sweeped him. I think that's what drove their decision. But it was a bad decision. And it, no matter what you want to say, the guy went two innings. It's a bad decision. Starting Cespedes, 
out of the game, you know, on the DL. It was a bad decision. You know, There's I mean, no way like around it. Really familiar. You could say it was a good decision. They won the game. But those two decisions were bad. But do you but do you hold any but but uh, I mean and this is, is the, the vote to the committee here you hold any um, responsibility to Syndergaard himself? A little bit. Oh, but I still think the coaching staff has a responsibility to override anything he says, especially with not Sandy, getting an MRI. Sandy, if he comes in today and Sandy says you're not pitching, he's not pitching. That's the end of the story, right. you know. He has the final say. Syndergaard doesn't you know, have a final say on the MRI or starting a game. He's just giving his opinion. I don't remember a guy ever refusing an MRI before. I don't. You know, I don't see what's the harm in it. But That's what I'm Maybe what Ann said, he's afraid of the doctors. <laughs> it's a possibility. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, they ain't touching my arm. I get a $200 million arm. They're not allowed to touch me. They're going to ruin my arm. I ain't going there. They'll touch him and they'll start throwing 80 miles an hour. Oh, boy. All right. I got to I gotta close this up, guys. The show. But thanks for calling as always, and uh, you know, giving your opinions uh, as usual. And uh, next week, yes, and we'll talk to you I'm, soon. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm next week we'll be back at the normal slot. So I'm sure. I'm sure we'll have a lot. Of, I'm sure they'll do something this week to have us talk about I'm next sure week. I'm sure there'll be too, a lot so. of drama coming up. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Wait till this MRI result comes out. It probably won't even be as black. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> That'll be funny. <laughs> All right, guys. That would be good. Okay, All right. Have a good Sunday night. Thanks. I'll bye. Catch you guys bye. Tomorrow. All right. All right. Bye. Padman and Allen, Doctor A, doing some Mets roundtable as always. This frustration. I mean, the Mets just—they never seem to amaze me. But another great show in the books. NFL draft recap was great. We did some hockey. We had some. Thank you, Jeff, for calling in, doing some ranges. We did. Obviously, Padman and Al are calling in, and you know, thanks, of course, your know, Magic Mike called earlier, and thank PDV and Joe Doodoo Brown for doing the NFL. So it was just a great show today, and uh, you know, stay tuned. Eight o'clock, totally, uh, total TV Nation is coming on. So definitely uh, another great show on our network as always. So uh, you know, if you want to listen to it, they always have great guests on. Definitely uh, give it a shot tonight. And uh, Monday night, uh, Wednesday night, Magic Mike, Pro Wrestling Now and more. 100th show is on, so it should be a great show. You can call in. You can also talk some uh, payback as well. So definitely uh, so definitely give them a shout-out. But it's Holy Driven Radio Rock tonight at 8 o'clock, on right after this. And, uh, you know, thanks again for everybody, and uh, see you next week.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.